Hello and welcome into the first episode of the PHFL NFL podcast. Uh, for those who don't know, PHFL uh, stands for the Pizza Hut Fantasy League, a fantasy football league created by a group of guys who are working together at our local Pizza Hut restaurant. Uh, all three of us here today uh, play in the PHFL, play fantasy football, and we decided to start a podcast talking uh, talking about the NFL, seeing as that's what we do most of the time anyway. Um, so with that brief background out of the way, I think it's about time that we all introduce ourselves. Uh, firstly, the man behind the voice that you've been hearing so far is myself, uh, Adam. Uh, next, we have the only host of the podcast who's actually still working for the aforementioned pizza establishment, uh, my good friend Kai. Hello, Kai. How are we? Good I'm to be here. That. Yes, it's good, good to, to still be part of that wonderful brand. Yes, exactly. Our uh, pizza establishment, probably shouldn't mention it too much more. You know, we might get sued, you never know. Uh, Copyright. Exactly. And finally, uh, as described by himself, but also by me, we have an interloper, uh, a man who's never <laughs> actually worked for our uh, pizza establishment, Mikey. Hello, Mikey. How you doing? Um, never worked for Pizza Hut, but have long been an admirer of pizza in general. Oh, yeah, I think we all are, aren't we? Exactly. <laughs> uh, an interesting story just to start the podcast is that uh, this is Mikey and I's first time actually speaking to each other in person, ever. Um, obviously, we've spoken via WhatsApp and stuff like that in our group chats for the Fantasy League, uh, but never by voice. And we've obviously never met in person either. Uh, so, But maybe we will after the current global pandemic. You never know. Here's Side open, note, yeah. we are all um, sitting in separate households yes exactly exactly uh we're not in uh in the, the one room together we're all doing this online um so hopefully the recording works perfectly fine and uh there should be no problems hopefully no internet drops out throughout this <laughs> if it does you might have a there might be a hard cut before we come back for another <laughs> game <laughs> um a rough outline of how this podcast will function for the moment it probably will change in the future but just what we thought would happen to begin with is it will aim to have a podcast up every We'll buy every Thursday before the Thursday night football uh, happens. Um, we're looking during that podcast to review the previous week's games that have happened and then we'll do a wee preview um, for the coming week uh, covering all the, the major talking points that has been in the week past and any that are coming up. Uh, at the end, we've got a wee predictions sort of league set up. Um, we'll be keeping a running score and also seeing who wins week to week for that. And I'm sure there'll be more stuff added in as we go and uh, there's certain dynamics found and see what happens. But uh, basically, I think that's what we've got. If there's anything else any of you two think we need to add, feel free to add it. Um, just, you know, more more background on the three of us. Um, I am the, the odd one out of the three. I am a resident Eagles fan, unfortunately. Uh, I'm joined by Adam and Mikey, who are both Packers fans. Um, they, they tend to... I, I like to call them glory hunters. I like an underdog. I mean, yeah, I, w- I would suggest, I don't know about you, Mikey, but I would suggest that we just have good taste. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't say that, that we are glory hunters considering that the Eagles have won the most recent Super Bowl out of the two that's franchises. That's also a, a very so. good point. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, yes, with those brief introductions out of the way, I hope they were fairly brief anyway, um, I think we just move on to to the, the games that happened last week, starting with Thursday Night Football. Um so I'm hoping that everyone knows, but for anyone who doesn't know, it was Miami travelling to Jacksonville, um, a clash of the beard versus the moustache. Uh, I think there was some beef online between the two, uh, or maybe not online, but certainly some beef beforehand between Fitzpatrick and, uh, and Minshew, and it ended up in a 31-13 win for Miami. Rather surprisingly. Yep, I, th- I was very surprised with the result. I thought that 
the Jags would have came into this game, especially being at home um, and rolled over the top of the Dolphins. But credit to the Dolphins. Um, I stayed up to watch the game and I thought they were terrific. Um, Fitzpatrick looked like the younger out of the two quarterbacks, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm just amazed with how he's able to rush as much, as much as he does. And a lot of them don't even appear to be scrambles. They're actually planned rushes as well, which for a man of his age is, is very impressive. Talking about that Miami rushing game, um, there were three attempts each for Breda and Howard and 22 for Miles Gaskin, which is, and he, he was on 75% of the snaps. And I think at the start of the season, when Miami, when Miami brought in Breda and Howard, no one expected Gaskin to be that, that workhorse running back. But there he is. I don't, don't think anyone even, even considered they would have a role to play um, by week three, but you know, he, he appears to be taking the lead by quite a, quite a distance. Uh, no touchdown on Thursday night. Um, the only rushing touchdowns came from Fitzpatrick, as you say, with his um, fantastic legs. Take yep. from that what you wish. Um, and Howard, who managed to rush three times for one yard and a touchdown. Um, effective work. It takes some effort to be that bad, I would say, in, <laughs> term, in, in terms of efficiency. <laughs> I think yeah. the, the interesting thing with, with Jordan Howard as well is, uh, I mean, on his previous teams, I think he was just looking for that spotlight to be the, the number one running back on a team. And I really thought that this would have been the year for him. Um, yeah. I thought he was going to have a breakout year, but here we are three weeks into the season and he's rushed for, what, maybe 11 yards I've, or something I've got in the total, but he's a touchdown, touchdown in every game. So I guess they'll be using him as a, a goal line running back uh, yeah. and let Gaskin handle the rest of the workload. Howard has had 16 rushing attempts this season for 12 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, if he's getting a bonus for touchdowns, then I don't <laughs> think he's going to be complaining. I think it'll be half it, yeah. But at, at uh, 0.75 of a yard per attempt, it's not the most efficient <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah, it's not what you look for in a running back. No, definitely not. Uh, the passing game in Miami, uh, Parker was uh, had five targets. I did, as did Gaskin. So Gaskin appears to be mainly involved in the whole offense, rushing and catching. Yep. Um, and there was also a touchdown talking about fantasy for a little bit I had Mike Gusecki as my uh, my tight end for this week and he managed to get a touchdown but he only had one catch and um, there's been a lot of talk certainly in the fantasy community over the last couple of the end of last season when, he, when Gusecki started to break out in the start of this year that possibly Gusecki was going to be the next kind of breakout tight end taking on a role similar to like Mark Andrews and, and Travis Kelsey maybe not quite as high as that but certainly one that's really good at catching but it appears He's not really getting a lot. The game he only had one catch when people well, were starting he, talking about a breakout. He, he only had one catch. The, your lead receiver in Devontae Parker only had five, but Ryan Fitzpatrick only threw, or only tried to throw 20 times. So he only had 18 completions across the game in comparison to 30 of, of Gardner Minshew. So I think it looks like the Dolphins mm. probably just focused on the run. Yeah, I think I think you need to be patient with Gesicki as well because as much as I like Ryan Fitzpatrick, this this is to his offense and it will be whether it's the start of next season or midway through this season. So um, you'd like to think that that in training camp preseason um, there was some form of partnership, uh, some form of partnership with Tua and Gesicki and maybe the rest of the wide receivers. But I guess that needs to be put in the back burner just now um, until Fitzpatrick finally hands over the reins. Yeah, that's a good point because t- typically you see with uh, with young quarterbacks when they come in, they're looking for that kind of safety blanket almost of the tight end or the running back, which are the short throws to to kind of just drop the ball off as opposed to the long ones to 
the wide receiver. So as you say, Mikey maybe when Tua comes in, I guess like he's going to break out there. Um, do we have anything else to say about Miami before we move on to Jacksonville? Um, I think as much as I thought that the the Jags were going to go two and one and the Dolphins were going to go zero and three, I mean it's a, a tough schedule coming up for Miami. They've got Seattle and the Forty ers up next, so who knows how that's going to play out and maybe those back to back losses and maybe potentially going one and four could lead to to us stepping in. Yeah, I was, but when you ask the question, uh, who knows what's going to happen there? I, I do. It's two losses. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a, a probably quite a, a bleak outlook for yeah. um, across the next few weeks. Yeah, definitely. We never know. We might see two out earlier than some people might have expected. I think a lot of people were hoping, you know, he'd be able to sit for quite a while, but we'll see what happens there. Moving on to the Jacksonville side of the ball. Uh, the notes I've got down here is uh, James Robinson had a monster day for fantasy. Uh, he only had 46 yep. yards on the ground, but he did score two touchdowns, and then he had six catches for 83 yards, basically the whole of the offense going through him as well. Yeah, it looks like it. I've also got noted down just below that, and I have this for a few teams, just the Jags looked fairly bad. And is Minshew Mania gone? Yeah, I, I don't know if you've watched uh, Thursday Night Football, but a lot of the talk pre-game was who had the most pressure going into this game between Fitzpatrick and uh, Gardner Minshew. And a lot of people were saying that Fitzpatrick was the one under the most pressure because he has two behind him waiting to go. But in my opinion, it, it was Gardner Minshew that was under the most pressure. You know, he was a, a late round draft pick and came in and took the job from Nick Foles last season. But if, if they start to rack up the losses um, coming into the midway point of the season, will they potentially think about ending up with a, a top 10 draft pick and maybe getting someone like Justin Fields from Ohio State in? Yeah, well, there's a lot of talk, certainly at the start of the season, that Jacksonville were going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL, especially when they then lost Fournette and they didn't really have anyone properly in the backfield, that a big name that we knew. Um, there was talk that they were basically tanking to get that first overall draft pick to get Trevor Lawrence, but um, maybe uh, Minshew has something to say about that. To, yeah. <laughs> to I, I, I don't know if it's a case of Minshew having something to say or the New York teams having something to say about that. But yeah, that's what we'll, we'll that we'll getting on to that later, exactly. <laughs> Do you have anything to add for like, the, the Jags, Kai? Like, like you say, obviously about about pressure, like Ryan Fitzpatrick has got has got to us sitting in the wings waiting. Minshew's not got that. Minshew kind of knows that it, it's on him. Um, so, like Mikey said, I think it was a, a slightly different type of pressure on him. Um, everyone's kind of relying on him to to uh, get the offense going this year, but he's he's not really got a lot to work with. To be fair to him, um, he's not got many to target. It looks like he, he's probably going to dump a lot onto Robinson um, for the coming weeks, but just need to wait and see, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, all in all, I was pleasantly surprised with Thursday Night Football, to be honest. I thought it was going to be one of those games that you look at, which often happens in Thursday Night Football, and you go, ugh, don't really know if I want to stay up and watch that. But I was pleasantly surprised when you had 44 points on it, and there was some some play happening. I think... Uh, I think the same could be said about this week's Thursday night. Yes, football, again, we'll, we'll get on to that. When we're <laughs> that that'll come. <laughs> um, if everyone's happy with what we said about Thursday night football, that was probably more talk about Thursday night than we thought we'd be able to. Um, moving on to the, the first game on Sunday, um, which was one of the one o'clock fixtures, which is Houston travelling to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Houston, who were 0-2 before this game, having had two tough games against the Chiefs and the, the Ravens, uh, lost 28-21. Uh, away at Pittsburgh um, again my first note here is just that the Steelers defence is good uh, everyone thought yeah. it was going to be good and 
it is again. It, they'd limited Watson to have only one rush. I don't know if that's maybe game plan or if they were just able to contain him in that pocket, but Watson with only one rush is almost kind of unheard of. He seems to have had a, yeah. a lot of rushes when he's been playing before. I th- they, uh, they, they seem to stop um, quite a lot of the rush, the Steelers. I mean, um, as, a, know, as the, a David the leading Johnson rusher, it's only, he's, he's only got 23 yards rushing. Uh, and amongst the whole team, they're, they're less than thirty yards rushing. Yes, uh, it wasn't so fun as a as a David Johnson fantasy owner. It was not fun <laughs> to have him in. It was it was it was not pleasant. No, no. Um, stark stark cr- contrast to week one when it looked like it could be a, a great find for you. Um, yeah. I, 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 feel, I feel bad for the Texans though. They, I mean, they have had a extremely tough opening to the season. Uh, I remember, I don't know if it was 2016 or 17, they came from 0-3 and ended up making the playoffs, but it's it's looking very um, unlikely this season. Uh, and obviously, I think it mainly comes down to the fact that DeAndre Hopkins moved on um, and they're just really struggling to find their identity on offense massively. Um, they don't know if they want to be a pass-heavy offense or a rush-first uh, rush offense. And I think Deshaun yeah. Watson's struggling massively without, without Hop. Yep, definitely. That, that's a point I have for later on when we look at the Arizona game um, for who won that trade. And I think so far it's looked fairly obvious who's won that trade between yeah. Arizona and, and the Texans. You know, Deshaun Watson still has quite quite a few targets. He seems to spread it across the field um, between Cobb, Fuller when he's fit, Kenny Stills, Brady Cooks, Geno Atkins and stuff as well. Like, not Gino Atkins. He's uh, he's the Bengals <laughs> <laughs> defensive line. <laughs> uh, don't know what he's doing up in the on the receiving core for the Texans. No, um, no, uh, But he, he seems to spread it spread it across all of them um, rather than targeting one specifically. Um, but like you say, he doesn't he doesn't have that elite receiver that he had in Hopkins that he could kind of dump a lot onto. Uh, the the tight end you're thinking of is Jordan Aikens. Jordan Aikens, not Gino Aikens. <laughs> yeah. As much as the the Texans were bad, as you said, the the Steelers D was was terrific again. But just another thing is that I've got noted down is I just feel like this is the similar Steelers offense to the one we seen roughly in 2017 and 18 without Antonio yeah. Brown. But Steelers are notorious for bringing in and drafting amazing wide receivers, and we've seen it with Juju, uh, Deontay Johnson. And Chase Claypool looks really good as well. But on top of that, they Ben Big Ben threw to um, Eric Ebron and Vance McDonald quite a lot as well. So I think this offense, including the run game with James Conner, who had back-to-back hundred-yard rushing games, is is looking amazing. I think they're look to already be a lock-in for the playoffs. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I think would, uh, I agree. I think that a lot of people were worried about the Steelers. Obviously, last year was kind of a write-off without Big Ben, but they were worried with the way that the Ravens were kind of. You know, taking over that division, I think a lot of Steelers fans, especially, were worried that they might not be atop that for quite a long time. But, um, but definitely, as you were saying there, Mikey, um, their wide receivers are normally great. Obviously, Deontay Johnson got a con- suspected concussion; he's in the concussion protocol. Um, Ebron had those seven targets, as you were saying. Um, but the one, the one point I was going to bring up there was though Connor did look good, I agree, couple of uh, hundred yard rushing games. The Steelers used four running backs. Um, yeah. In that game there, and it wasn't just like the odd carry. Like most of them had, you know, four or five carries uh, with McFarlane and Snell, and I think Sam was just had one. But normally the the Steelers and Tomlin was a kind of bell cow running back. Like they, he just uses one, especially when he had Bell. You know, he just used one in Connor's first season mainly. Like was just using him. But I was just wondering if you think that's something they're going to be 
to, to worry about if you're, say, a fantasy owner of James Conner, are you worried that you might lose some of those touches, especially with his um, injury proneness? I, I don't, in a way, yes, but the the thing that we've seen when Antonio Brown uh, was the wide receiver one there with Juju is that the Antonio Brown was taking a lot of uh, double coverage from the secondary and it was leaving Juju open. And I think when you've got a team that has so many good wide receivers and a good running game, um, there's going to be holes that, that people can pick. And whether that's in the passing game or in the rushing game, I think James Conner will be fine as a, a fantasy aspect uh, this season. You got anything to add for Pittsburgh, Kai? Not massively. Much like Mikey says, in terms of the run game and stuff, I think James Conner's still um, very much the lead guy there, as I'm sure everyone is aware. But um, I would probably watch out for, for McFarlane and Snell. Um, although they probably don't get many touches. McFarlane went for nearly 50 yards. Um, so he, he could become relevant in the weeks to come. And it's also it's good to have a bit of both. It's good to keep folk guessing. Um, you're not going to go run heavy. You're not going through the air all the time. Uh, so, yeah, I, re- I reckon Steelers, Steelers are pretty much a certainty for the playoffs come this year, especially if the Ravens don't start bucking up their ideas a wee bit. Well, yeah, especially with the expanded playoffs as well for this year as well, when you've got seven for yeah. each conference going into the playoffs, I think. I think well, No one's obviously a certainty, but I think certainly they're, they're one of the ones you'd expect to get in there. Just one final note on the Steelers as well. After Big Ben outrushed Saquon Barkley in week one, he's went minus two yards and then minus three yards in weeks two and three. But I think that's more down to taking a knee when they're winning than than him actually being a poor rusher. But yeah, I think uh, Big Ben is my uh, dark horse for the rushing title this season. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see what happens. I wonder how many uh, how how many uh, place bookies were taking a bet on uh, Big Ben to outrush Saquon this year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wonder what else you'd have got. But uh, moving on from that game, we'll move on to the, the, the next game we're going to talk about from the one o'clock uh, time slot. Moving on to Kai's Philadelphia Eagles, who are at home to the Bengals. Um, we have our first tie of the year. Um, 23-23. Oh, yeah, 23-23 <laughs> after overtime. And what I've got noted down for overtime was overtime was weird. It appeared that no one seemed to actually want to win the game. No. Because no one Every... t- took that risk. They, they always were, were putting away. And uh, and in the last the last proper attempt, the Steelers had that 59-yard field goal attempt and there was a false start penalty and then they had to punt. It's... It almost looked Sorry, as if I said the Steelers there. I meant to say the Eagles. The Steelers there. Was, yeah. yeah, it just it just looked as if um, nobody was really confident in just going for it, even from from quite far out. Um, with field goal, like you say, with the Eagles, um, they had a few opportunities before that as well to just spot the ball and and uh, take the points. Um, but yeah, that the big uh, the big man that gave away the penalty. For the for the first field goal, will be kicking himself. Um, lost lost them a, a very good chance at, at coming away with the points there. Against yeah, I think, that, I against think the Eagles Bengals be, team that look rejuvenated with uh, with Burrow under centre. I think the Eagles uh, players will be very glad there was no fans in in the stadium for that one because it was just a, a horrible performance. I know Doug Peterson's a, an excellent coach, but he just he seems like he's he's kind of lost his way a little bit since that Super Bowl win. Um, just one thing I've got down here is that in the last three successive seasons, Carson Wentz thrown a total of seven interceptions in each season. 
over a 16-game span, and he's already on six interceptions through yeah. three games this season. That yeah. is just shocking. I don't know if that's down to... I feel like they've carried on their injury struggles from last year. Um, they've got a lot of people missing, but uh, yeah. that was one team that I actually thought was going to do well this season. After three games, I'm, I'm really not liking what I'm seeing from the Eagles. That Philly O-line is just decimated injuries, really. There's no yeah. one there. And you just it's, see... it's a shame to see because a quarterback like Carson Wentz, you know, with his injury struggles as well, he really needs a good offensive line. And that's that's one thing that um, I think he depends on and he's not getting it at the moment. And that's why he's struggling. Um, but on the other hand, with Joe Burrow, um, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far with him. He's uh, had the most pass attempts through the first three career games of any quarterback in NFL history, which is 141. So he's definitely not afraid to, to throw the ball. Um, the only issue with them, again, is with the Bengals is the offensive line. Um, I'd love to see Joe Burrow on a team like Indianapolis Colts, who have an elite offensive line, and see how he did on that. But that's obviously something that they'll look to in the future as they, they try and protect him over the coming years. Definitely. The one the, moving on to the Bengals there is that Mixon rushed for less than 50 yards, um, and he's yet to have a rushing touchdown uh, this year as well. So though that O-line seems to be dodgy as we were saying as well like not only just for the pass but for the rush as well they don't seem to be given any blocks for that rushing game yeah I, I was I was happy to see Joe Mixon struggle this week because Kai had him in fantasy so uh, and I was playing Kai so um, but besides that you know um, they have been struggling a lot um, Joe Burrow's been getting sacked a lot so um, but as I said they're 0-2-1 just now um, still looking for that first one of the season but again as I said I'm liking what I'm seeing so far and I think they'll be okay in the years to come Quick question: Who who do you think is more happy with that tie? I know that no one likes a tie, but of the two teams, who would have been happier with that tie? Do you think the Bengals, just to give them something, or Burrow was saying that really they really need a win? I think there's there's more to be built on from the tie for the Bengals than the Eagles. Um, yes. The Eagles had a bit of a Super Bowl hangover, and then this year um, they've been poor to start. And I think after three games, if you said that the Eagles are going to be all two and one they would be upset about that. But if you said the Bengals were going to be 0-2-1 and, and that Joe Burrow was playing well, I think they'll definitely see potential in that. It yeah. was. It, it never never looked as if the game was sliding either way. Um, it was pretty even. It was kind of tit for tat, and, uh, back and forward between who was ahead. So nobody ever really quite got out in front. Uh, but yeah, I would, I, I, would, I would say the Bengals will probably come away from that happier than the Eagles. I've got a, a couple of other things that I've got noted down here that... Uh, Tyler Boyd had 13 targets from Joe Burrow, yeah. though, which was huge. Uh, T. Higgins, obviously, had two touchdowns. And AJ Green was less involved this week. Uh, the, the previous weeks, Burrow had just seemed to be thrown to Green and hoping that he might bring it down. At one point, I think Green had something like nine targets, only two catches on week one or two. I can't remember what week it yeah, was. Yeah, it, it, it looks like, obviously, through through week one and two, it looked like he was he was kind of trying to, to go to Green regardless of, of who was open. Um but throughout all that, Tyler Boyd seemed to be getting more of the completions. Um, and I think you can see, obviously, from from this week, uh, 10 receptions for 13 targets for over 120 yards. Um, I don't know if that's a sign of things to come, but it looks like they've got a good relationship between Burrow and um, Tyler Boyd. Uh, so potentially, could, you know, might be a bit of frustration with AJ Green there. Well, see, uh, I, 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 as much. I've got a, a question here that perhaps AJ Green, probably very likely AJ Green was less targeted in this game, or certainly less receptions, because of Darius Slay. I think Darius Slay, the cornerback for the, the Eagles, was just following yeah. Green. He didn't pick a side of the field, he just followed Green wherever he went. And you know, Yeah, I that, think he's he's one of the best 
in the league, uh, Darius Slay. I think when you see elite players at poor teams like the Detroit Lions and their their kind of their talents have been wasted, it's it's a shame to see. But I think if the Eagles can get on track and shake those injuries, um, I think uh, Darius Slay can be a, a big big piece uh, for their defensive secondary. Definitely. And the last point I've got here for the Bengals is uh, an interesting wee stat between the two Mike Thomases in the league. So the Bengals receiver Mike Thomas has had eight catches for 57 yards and a touchdown. And New Orleans' Michael Thomas has only had three catches for 17 yards. I know that Michael Thomas has been injured. But it's uh, uh, just for any well, of those playing fantasy, don't pick up the wrong Mike Thomas. <laughs> you, I wish you'd told me that a month ago because Michael Thomas was my first pick, uh, first round pick in the draft. So um, obviously with injuries, uh, and we'll get to that when we talk about the Saints, but... Yeah, that's a, a very interesting fact. If you'd told me that at the start of the season, I might not have believed you. I mean, I mean, I had absolutely no idea, Mikey, that uh, Michael Thomas was your first pick. That's not at all the reason I brought that up there. Yeah, I thought that. <laughs> <laughs> the last point I for, want to... For, oh, on you go, Kai. I was just going to say, um, for, for those of you who haven't, aren't aware yet, um, Mikey and Adam have a, a rather heated running battle um, for the fantasy title. Um, I, I feel like a referee in the middle of this at times. Um, having not met ever in the three years that they've been <laughs> in the league, they've somehow managed to uh, create some somewhat of a rivalry um, to the extent that uh, Adam Adam set them up to play each other week one. Oh yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> just, just, uh, Mikey was the defending champion, and I just had to put him in his place. So I made sure to beat think- week one. I think it is safe to say, though, that it is a healthy relationship. There's no bad blood whatsoever, unless he beats me this week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you see, that's the thing. We've managed to get this rivalry again without ever having met before. So that's, I know. <laughs> that's what it's all about. That's what fantasy football is all about. Exactly. Just before we move on to the next game, I just have a little stat here. When I was watching the, the Eagles game, I found this uh, out from the commentary team, I think, and it was fairly interesting. In 2008, Donovan McNabb, who was a Philly QB, um, said I never even knew it was in the rule book in reference to a tie because they had a tie in 2008 between the Bengals and the Eagles 13-13 and at the end of that overtime period he went he was ready to go back out to go and try and score more points he'd he'd been he'd been with Philly since 1999 playing in 12 overtime games in that time <laughs> and never knew that the rule was there for a tie to happen <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was one thing that I was worried about with uh, Joe Burrow because obviously in, in uh, NCAA in the college football when he was at LSU I think it was uh, I want to say it was Texas that they played and it went to seven overtimes um, because if one team scores a touchdown the other can still go up the field and score a touchdown which is obviously different in the NFL so I wasn't sure that um, if Joe Burrow knew about that I was excited to see if, if Eagles had scored a, a touchdown if Joe Burrow wanted to bring his offense out to try and score one <laughs> Well, if we're happy that we've covered the uh, poor show from Kai's Eagles there, um, then we'll move on to another team from the same division who also had a poor show, and that was the New York Giants who were hosting the San Francisco 49ers. So the 49ers didn't have to travel too far, seeing as last week they played at MetLife as well against the Jets, uh, and San Francisco managed to win that game fairly comfortably, you would say, 36-9. And uh, again, the first point I have here, I was speaking before the podcast, it's just I've written down, Giants are bad. And that's all I've written down for this. Well, well yeah. ne- next, uh, next to my wee graph of um, this division with obviously uh, Washington, the Cowboys, Eagles and the Giants, I've just wrote that it's a stinker of a division. Um, 
there's not a yeah. lot going on, and especially with the Giants down there, they look very poor. Uh, the the second lowest points scored so far this year, uh, and the highest points deficit in the league. They're minus forty one for points through three weeks. Yeah, I think the the less said about the Giants, the better. Even with Saquon and the team, I thought they would probably have a top ten draft pick this season. Um, but uh, even without him out. Uh, I really think that the two New York teams are going to have the one and two in the draft this season. But I just want to give a shout out to Nick Mullins, um, who I know is a massive fan of this podcast. He'll probably be listening, no doubt. Um, he, he was, I thought he was brilliant on Sunday. Um, I thought he was really well with 49ers missing nine total starters on both sides of the field. Um, I thought Nick Mullins was excellent. Um, he's called upon when needed. Uh, I remember when Jimmy Garoppolo got injured uh, two seasons ago and Nick Mullins came in and had another good game, I think, when he was a rookie. So, yeah, um, credit to them for bringing in Nick Mullins and we'll see what happens next week in the, the quarterback situation. The one question I have about Mullins is I agree, Mullins look good. And I query if it's that Mullins look good or if really that team doesn't need a good quarterback. They just need, like, the the system aids the quarterback. Because, yeah. like, everyone says that, Jimmy Garoppolo is quite good, but is he actually that good? Because we've only really seen him properly for the 49ers in this system. And Mullins has looked good as well when he's played in it. So do they actually, you know, like, are they both good quarterbacks or is it just the system that makes it look like a good quarterback? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, one thing I was thinking of is, as much as I like Jimmy Garoppolo and I thought that he was the heir to the throne in, in New England, but um, I do think if you put someone like Lamar Jackson um, in that San Francisco uh offense it's it would be scary good because I feel that the 49ers and the, and the Ravens are both run heavy um, but if you had a, a, a more elite level quarterback, no disrespect to, to Mullins or Garoppolo, I think um, they would have maybe had a ring on their fingers this season rather than the Chiefs but um, you know they could prove me wrong I think they, they're one of the strongest rosters uh, in the NFL so I wouldn't be surprised if I seen them in the NFC Championship game again but um, I've got another couple of teams I think might get there instead Especially, um, like you say, with their roster depth, especially with so many injuries coming into the weekend um, and going into that game, I think I, I myself stupidly wrote them off and, and um, thought the Giants might have managed to win it. But um, <laughs> fair play to them; they've they've got a good depth. They've got a lot of a lot of good players to come in when when they need to step up, and they've they've definitely shown it on on Sunday there that um, they're a force to be reckoned with. Uh, across, across three running backs, yeah. each of them got a touch, each of them got a touchdown. Um, so good, yeah, good, uh, good signs. Just quick question to you both about fantasy. I mean, they they've got three home games next. Uh, the Forty Niners. Um, I I think Jimmy Garoppolo will be back this week. But if you have injuries to any of your rostered quarterbacks <laughs> and they play Philly, uh, Miami, and then the Rams, are you thinking about bringing one of them in if you've got any injury or by concerns, or are you looking elsewhere? One of the running backs? Or? Uh, quarterbacks. Mullins or quarterbacks. Jimmy G. Um, that's, that's a good question. I, I think I think if, if Garoppolo is is fit, you're more likely to bring him in, obviously, than, than Mullins, because then Mullins is null and void. But I would still be slightly sceptical about bringing them in. Personally, I think you'd, you'd be able to find... Each of those individual weeks, uh, a streaming quarterback that's going to be of a higher quality than Garoppolo will probably give there. Because, as you say, yeah, they rush yeah. so much that most of their scoring plays really are, are rushing. Know, I know, obviously, he's passing a lot of the time to the running back as well, but but really, that it's the rushing game that's viable there. Because if I said to you, who's their number one wide receiver? 
Like, we, there's, there's so many I'm, that they have there. We don't actually know who is yeah. the number one. Like, it yeah. could, because they're, I, I, I'm not saying that they're bad. Folk like Brandon Ayuk, you know, looks like he's a, a great prospect and stuff. But there's there's no one like when they had uh, Emmanuel Sanders uh, last year, who was kind of that name, that big name that you you wanted there. Like, I mean, Mohamed Sanu was making a lot of important catches, you know, and, and he's been passed about the NFL quite a lot recently. So, I, I personally, I, I wouldn't pick up Garoppolo. No, I, I don't even think even even when Samuel comes back and slots himself into that team, I don't even think you'll find him um, taking the bulk of one of the receptions. I think we'll still stick with our run game and try and spread it across uh, more than just him. Yeah. yeah. Well, quickly, just talking for any unfortunate Giant fans that are out there, your rushing game was really bad. Devontae Freeman came in to replace Barkley, five attempts, Had ten a yards. Monster game. Monster <laughs> <game>. <laughs> and Wayne Gorman, um, four attempts, seven yards. Yeah, I think Kai, Kai picked him up off the waivers and we were obviously playing each other this week and he wasn't sure whether to play him or not. I think even though I got the win uh, this week, I'm pretty sure it was the right decision to leave him on your bench. Yeah, I think so. I, I think there, there was too much too much uncertainty um, behind how well he would, he would fit in. Um, I don't think at any point I expected it to be a, a straight swap um, between the kind of production you would get out of him that you would get out of Saquon. But um, yeah, it looks a bit bleak for, for the Giants at the moment. My professional fantasy football tip for anyone who has any Giants players is just drop them all. Personally, <laughs> personally I, wouldn't, I wouldn't roster any, whether it be Slayton or Shepard and there's even game Ingram, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be starting him. I think you can find a better tight end to stream. Daniel Jones, when he showed well last year, has not been great so far this year. Nothing in that backfield interests me either. So yeah. I, f- I feel like it's not just Giants, the New York Giants. I feel like this is just a New York statement. Yeah. Just yeah. drop everyone in New York. Very possibly. <laughs> I feel like this is slowly becoming a New York hate podcast. <laughs> for the well, NFL, we'll, but... we'll see. <laughs> no, I, have, I have one last question for this, for this, this okay. game here. Okay? Could San Francisco be the team with the most wins at MetLife Stadium. They've won oh. two games at MetLife. Do you think the I Giants mean, or the Jets will win more than two games at home? I'd like to think combined. Uh, the b- Giants between the, the two of them. I'm not asking three wins. But again, as we said, it would not surprise me. They <laughs> have been ind- awful individually, this An individual team. Or San Francisco. An individual team. team. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if potentially they end up tied with one of the two of them. Because, uh, as as we say, they both look very, very poor. But um, you never know. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, well, uh, definitely the Buffalo Bills are the best team in New York State at the moment. Massive. So, yes. if we've got nothing else to say about that game, I'm happy to move on to the, the, the next one in the list here, which is the Las Vegas Raiders uh, travelling to New England. The score was... Uh, 20 uh, to 36 with New England winning that game. It was fairly close in the first half, looking back at the game. Um, yeah. And then kind of stretched away at the end of that New England running game. Uh, there was less calm this week, but the running backs, they seem to have Burkhead, Michelle, and I'll be honest, a rookie J.J. Taylor, who I'd never heard of before, yeah. uh, seemed to no be idea. having quite a lot of the rushing attempts. So. Rex Burkhead coming out of nowhere. I think a lot of that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, will have something to do with James White. But if anyone doesn't yeah. know, unfortunately, a couple of weeks ago, his father passed away and his mother's in a critical condition in the hospital. Uh, so he's not been playing the past couple of weeks. But personally, I think when he comes back, he'll take all that 
off of Barkhead. Yeah. Last year, Barkhead had a week three breakout game, and then the next week had one snap. So <laughs> this is the this is the thing with Rex Barkhead is he, I'm pretty sure both of you as well are probably looking at the the waiver wire ads for this week in fantasy and thinking, oh, he's, he's had a big game. I bring him in, but we all know that he does have one big game in him a season, but then nothing yeah. else happens. So I mean, he could prove me wrong, but um, the I thought that I just I just love a Bill Belichick offense. I just think that they're so clever. Um, first two weeks, Cam had massive games, and I think the Raiders, who are two and zero going into this game, were thinking, "How do we stop Cam?" And that was the last of the worries because the run game was so good. I don't think anyone would ever have predicted that, though. If you looked at before the season started, if you looked at who um, New England had in their run game and who they had to to pick from as you know, they're running back one. I don't think you would ever have um, seen them as a strong running game. I think that was part of what Cam Newton came in to fix. But um, like you've said, it looks looks like they they uh, they might have found something from somewhere. Uh, and you know, JJ Taylor could he could he be um, the one to replace the the aging run run game? Well, you see, I I feel as if you've you've still got to like Sony Michelle was drafted to be that running game like it's not often that Belichick picks such a high draft pick or a running mm-hmm. back as he did with Michelle because he got him at the end of the first round and then also last year you had Damien Harris who yep. was drafted as well again to be that running back you know like there's so many folk in that backfield I don't think you could pick anyone I think Belichick we've seen historically Belichick likes to to pick uh, to kind of jump between all these different running backs you know a, a big uh-huh. committee in there um Personally, I don't see Taylor as the future there. I think he's just going to work his way around everyone again and he'll end up with five or six folk. You'll never, you'll never, never <laughs> yeah. be able to start anyone in that Pat's backfield. Yeah, I no. think t- talking fantasy terms um, as a running back by committee over there. Um, so I, I wouldn't feel comfortable starting any running backs um, in fantasy, not even in the flex, um, depending on the matchup, even if it was a favourable one. Um, yeah, the, uh, as a unit, as a... NFL team, I think the run game is brilliant there, always has been, but in terms of fantasy, I would stay clear of all of them. Don't get me wrong, if I had a space that I could put in my team as Patriots running back, and I wouldn't have to pick one, I'd just have to pick the one that was good that week. They got the highest. I I would would put Patriots running back as position every week, because they'll always have someone that does something amazing, but actually picking what one it's going to be, no. I don't think One one type of league, actually, that I've heard about recently is a, a Powerball league, so you draft players, but you don't set a lineup, and your highest scoring potential lineup is your lineup for that week. So I think in those kind of leagues, if you bring in uh, a Patriots running back, you're gonna get a good game out of one of them at least uh, a couple of times, a couple of times in the season. I was, I was going to say not often, but maybe that one yeah. week you'll get a good one. I've got a couple of notes I've got here as well um, was that Darren Waller was kept fairly quiet by the Patriots D, but I think that's just because the Patriots defense are really good, and I'm sure Waller will be back to his usual centre of that passing offence next week and a little debate I had, I don't think we have to have it to be honest because I think the answer is both but it was Brady versus Belichick who really was the mastermind in that Patriots team and I think to be honest Belichick is great as we've seen so far this season and Brady himself was great as we've seen when he's moved to Tampa Bay I th- I think that it's a, obviously two sides of the coin but Belichick could work and work with anyone. I mean, if he brought in Hoyer or Jarrett Stidham at the start of the season and didn't bring in Cam, I reckon they'd probably still be 2-1 and one just now, um, if I'm completely honest. And that takes nothing away from Cam Newton. But 
with Tom Brady, I think it's more difficult to to prove that he was the the better side of that that divorce. But um, I, I mean, they've both got winning records just now, and uh, I would love to see them face each other somewhere down the line. Yeah, definitely. If, is anyone got anyone else to add? To be honest, I didn't have a lot to talk about in this game. No, there's there's not really a lot to say. I, it wasn't like you say it wasn't the most exciting game in the world. It was um, kind of run of the mill. Not a lot of um, big talking points. The the only small thing I would say is is how widespread uh, the receptions were for for the the Las Vegas Raiders. They don't really seem to have one guy to target, especially with Henry Ruggs not involved. I think a lot of that as well, as I say, was down to Waller being just shut down completely by that so quiet. defense. Yeah, because yeah. normally a lot of the targets go toward Waller because he's just that big target. But we'll see what it's happens. Huge. See what happens in future weeks. <laughs> definitely, yeah. Um, moving on to the next, we're working our way through these one o'clock kickoffs now, and uh, it's the, the Tennessee Titans, who I'm sure later on we'll be talking about them in a wee bit more detail with some of the news that's come out. Um, traveling to play the Minnesota Vikings. Um. The game finished thirty one thirty to Tennessee. Um Goskowski, I'm glad to see after his horrendous week one on primetime television, uh, <laughs> is actually uh, managed to continue his good kicking form. Six for six, including I think three of them were over fifty yards, those kicks. Um and I've also got noted down here two great runners, Henry against Cook here, both of them over a hundred yards rushing. Both I think both those teams really want to be run fast with those running backs and they appear to be playing like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the, the Vikings uh, uh, Dalvin Cook 181 rushing yards this week. He got his touchdown. Um, but 22 rushing attempts. He, it looks as if they're very much focusing on him uh, as you would. But um, I, th- I think the, the biggest talking point on that Vikings offence would have been Justin Jefferson. I've got that down, yeah. Breakout uh, for Jefferson. Sorry, I've, I've, I've beat you to it. Um, he looks like he he could kind of be starting to find his feet now. Um, that big season touchdown and his, his wee dance back into play, I, th- I think he could be one to look out for again this season. Yeah, I, I watched a lot of LSU games last year and... Uh, I just thought he was phenomenal, and he was he was one player in the draft I was desperate for the Packers uh, to select. But obviously, we drafted up for Jordan Love instead. But um, that went well. So this this is a weird one because I I I don't think the Vikings were bad this week. I, I don't think their D is the same as what they once were. Um, they put up, they gave up four hundred and forty yards of total offense um, from the Titans. But I mean, the Vikings are zero three when they could be three and zero. And the Bears are three and zero when they could be zero and three, and they're both in the NFC North with the Packers. So, I mean, I'm not complaining that the Vikings are zero and three, but I just feel that obviously there's a point in this. Goskowski, I think, has has been clutch all three games, apart from well, apart from the first three quarters of the first game. But um, <laughs> I think um, Titans are slowly piecing together um, a really, really good team. They're obviously one win off the Super Bowl last year. Um, I really like Mike Vrabel. Um, I think he's the perfect coach for them. And um, I was actually talking to Kai on Sunday. In a weird way, I actually don't think Derek Henry had that good a game. I, I no. feel like the first, the first two weeks, he was just slowly working the way up the field for the Titans. And then Tannehill was thrown to John o. Smith or someone else, uh, Corey Davis. Um, this week, he obviously got two touchdowns, but he is that kind of player that will just slowly work his way up the field and just rack up maybe five-yard chunks as he goes. But 
take nothing away from him. I mean, I've got him. He was my, I think he was my second round pick uh, in the draft. So I hope this continues. But I mean, the Titans just all round, even without AJ Brown, uh, look fantastic this season. Yeah, that's what you've got to factor in as well as as not really having AJ Brown um, for the past two weeks, and they've still managed to to look very good. Um, likes of Corey Davis and like you said earlier, Adam Johnny Smith as well. Um, they look like they've got they've got a lot of options, so you know they could maybe go and, and push on one further this year. I think it will be harder, um, but it does it does look like they they have they've built themselves a good team off the back of last year as well. Just for uh, for those wondering how Mikey managed to get Derek Henry in the second round, uh, we only play in an eight team league because, as I'm sure you've already <laughs> you can hear from us, we're not American. We come from the west coast of Scotland. Um, so there's not a huge amount of <laughs> of us in the league. So it's an 18 league, yeah. and that's how we managed to get. I'm imagining a lot of folk going, "How, how is he managing to drop to about the 20?" Yeah. But no, no. Um, also, in, also in saying that, I, I know most people draft running backs uh, in the first round because they're they're a lot more valuable and less elite players in that position. But I took Michael Thomas because he came to me at the fifth pick, and I couldn't turn him up. And I didn't think any running backs were going to get back to me. But uh, Sean Flynn had the last pick in the draft in the first round and the first pick in the second, and he picked up two wide receivers, which has actually came back to, I mean, he's the only undefeated team in the league just now, but I was very surprised with that, and that's why Derek Henry fell to me in the in the second round. Did Sean tell you he had to drop his name in this podcast? Is that... Yeah, yeah uh, he's my sponsor. I'm he's actually sponsor, name, name drop. <laughs> I, get, I get free pizza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my last thing I've got noted down for this game, because though I say it was a high-scoring game, I, I feel as if it, it went as we really expected, obviously... Jefferson breaking out, kind of replacing uh, Diggs as people expected them to be there. But I've just got ridiculous catch from Rudolph. It was, oh my it was god! Unbelievable. Yeah, I didn't think it. I didn't think it was a touchdown at first when I was watching it. I, I didn't think he dragged that second foot down. But th- this guy is huge, massive, one of the biggest tight ends in the league, and he has he dances about like a, a very small wide receiver. So yeah, credit to him. That was an amazing catch and. and I- I would go as far as saying that's one of the best touchdown receptions I think I've seen from the time that I've, I've watched American football. I mean, it was definitely one of the best I've, I saw at the weekend. <laughs> okay, right. Gone in slightly different directions there. No, but I, I, I don't think it was good. I don't think Kyle Rudolph is a, a fantasy viable tight end, but yeah. I, mm. as much as I'm a, a Packers fan, I'd love to see him. I think he's just a, a really, really good tight end. Yep. Totally agree. I think he's good. I think he's very solid. He's the sort of one that those those talk a while back that he, he might be getting replaced in Minnesota, and I think they eventually came to their senses and uh, and yeah. kept him there because yeah. he's really quite good. It's big shoe, big shoes to fill. Yeah, exactly. Um, moving on to our next game, which was the uh, I'll make sure I say this right: the Washington Football Team <laughs> uh, were yep. away at uh, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the Browns won thirty-four to twenty, and. Uh, I've got down here again, just going through my notes, that Chubb and Hunt, both of them uh, great on the ground. That one-two punt seems to be amazing. And obviously they've got uh, Kevin Stefanski over there now, who's now the uh, uh, offensive coordinator, who was at the Vikings. And you saw how good the Vikings run game was last season. And I think he's moved that to the Browns here. And just to to, to back up the Browns being uh, a run-first team, uh, stat here that I don't know if you know, but when Baker Mayfield has had to pass the ball twenty six times or fewer in a game, the Browns are six and one. Oh my gosh! So I, I don't know if that is a good thing, saying that 
if your quarterback doesn't have to throw it, you, you win the game. You're you know, great. You know, is that, does that look bad on Baker Mayfield? Especially or? as a number one pick, but certainly when, uh, when Baker doesn't have to pass the ball that often, the Browns are winning. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, on you go, Kai, sorry. Sorry, no, that's fine. Um, you just look at the stats for, for Odin Beckham and Jarvis Landry, who's, who you would put as, as two of the, the better two receivers in the league. Odell Beckham obviously been one of the elite ones. He's only got four receptions at the weekend. They've combined having Landry for less than 10, uh, with only 10 targets between them. It's, it, it looks as if, like you say, um, Maybe that the one-two punch with Chubb and Hunt is is the way the Browns are going, and they're, they're maybe looking away from having to force Mayfield to throw the ball as much. Yeah, I think as much as this was a, a good Browns win, I think Dwayne Haskins lost this game for the Washington Football Team. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he threw. I think he had four turnovers in total, which turned into twenty-four points for the Browns off those turnovers which is, is massive. Um, and But in saying that, this is the first time since 2014 that the Browns are above 500. They've got a winning record for the first time in six years. Um, don't know how long that will last. I mean, they're away to Dallas uh, this week. And then they've got the Colts, Steelers, and then a divisional game against the Bengals. So I'd like to think um, it could be a turning point for the Browns. Um, but you never know. With the, That's the thing. That's probably the biggest quote ever. You never know with the Browns. Um, they could lose the next four straight. They could win them. So, who knows? But all I can say is I think it'll be exciting to watch them. Yep, I totally agree. I think I think I don't know if I'd use the word exciting. I think <laughs> I think I think they're going to be run heavy. And don't get me wrong, I love seeing a run heavy team. I also think you have to be wired slightly differently. Like some of them are to run at people. Like. Like yeah. some running backs who like they're not avoid... looking for space. Yeah, exactly. That's like... that's the only thing Derek Henry knows how to do. <laughs> I feel I feel Nick Chubb is that kind of uh, role in the in the Browns offense, and then they put Hunt in the field for him to kind of dance around people, you know. But but yeah. certainly, I, th- I think I think they're going to be a good team if they can get Baker to not pass the ball. Though I think they'll do quite well. I, they'll do well for sure. I'd... Yeah, and and saying that though. How do you feel about OBJ's usage? Like this week, he only had six targets, four receptions for fifty-nine yards. Do, like, do you think his talents have been wasted in Cleveland? Like, that's massively. What, that's what I've got down here. As I've just written the sentence: When is Beckham going to be good again? Especially yeah. for fantasy, because he just so far this year certainly hasn't been, in, and most of his time in Cleveland, he's not been that great. Yeah, like as I said, you look at, at the upcoming games and you try and think about the defensive uh, units in these teams: Cowboys, uh, Colts. Steelers, I mean, three very good defensive really units good up defense. against OBJ. Yeah. What are the chances that we're going to see 20-plus carries from both running backs and barely anything from Jarvis Landry and OBJ? I think that's what we predict to see, but who knows? Um, I, I, I do feel for OBJ. I think he's one of the best quality wide receivers, but he's just not getting a chance to show it at the time with the Cleveland Browns. Yep, I have, I have, uh, I have down here. The last two points was that Haskins looks inexperienced, and I know that's obvious because you know he's only had a season's worth of uh, playing in the NFL, but he, he really didn't look very good. I'm wondering if one of the other quarterbacks in that QB room, bring in Alex Smith after the recovery for that injury, that would be unbelievable. Yeah. He's the one thing I, I spoke to Kai about a few like a month back was the comeback player of the year award. If Alex Smith plays one snap of football this season, does he win that award? Oh, has to. Ha- he has to. to. <laughs> it, I think they should just change the the name of the award to the Alex Smith Comeback Player of the Year because 100%. the guy was 
looking death in the face and he's he's had what 19 surgeries and told he was never going to walk again and now he's training with the the Washington football team it's it's crazy and did you did you see the the clip at the start of the season in training camp with with Haskins and Smith both throwing the same ball yeah Smith throws it like an absolute dart right on the money I, I think yeah. I think your ones where um, Dwayne Haskins throws it like a heavy turnip. Yes, I think that was how you said. I think that might have been the uh, phrase I used. The, the thing is, as well, that when when uh, Alex Smith went down with the injury, they were they were winning their division. Um, they had a winning record. I can't remember what the record was off the top of my head at the time. Um, Patrick Mahomes says that a lot of his success is down to uh, Alex Smith. Um, do I feel he deserves another chance? Massively. But again, do I feel Dwayne Haskins deserves a chance to prove himself? Yes. So um, it's a, a difficult situation there in a team that's got enough difficult decisions to deal with. So um, I think the quarterback uh, issues is probably the last thing on their mind at the moment. Yeah. Did anyone have any money on uh, Dontrell Inman catching two touchdowns? Yeah, I had $1,000 on it. Oh, did you have that? Yeah. I'm imagining you're now a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have anything else to add on that game, unless any of you do. No, there's not much to say, really. No. Um, So the next game, and that uh, one o'clock slate, was the LA Rams travelling to the Buffalo Bills. Um, This was a good game. This was a good game to watch. Game of the week, for sure. The Bills won uh, 35-32, and basically the Bills tried to throw that game away at the end of it. They were, so far, they were 28-3 up halfway through the third quarter, and they nearly lost that game. Falcons would have thrown it away. <laughs> we'll get onto them next, don't we? <laughs> it's uh, um, the, the, the third game this se- third game this season. There's only been three games, but every single game <laughs> this season, uh, Josh Allen's been over 300 passing yards. Yeah, he looks very, very good. Um, looks like he's 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 kind of found his feet. He's he's got off to a good start. Um, the introduction of Stefan Diggs obviously there as well. He's got himself an elite receiver to to target. Um, I, yeah, the Bills, the Bills look very impressive. As much as they did try and throw it away, um, they, they look good. <laughs> Just quickly talking about Diggs, he had one touchdown. Should he have had more? Um, yeah, I mean, I have him in fantasy. So, <laughs> I mean, the, the the first one that he put over the line, I was ecstatic about. Obviously, got rightly pulled back. Um, the second one, off the back of that play, got pulled back again for uh, an offensive foul. Um, so yeah, to, I was like, like I say, I was ecstatic um, when he eventually got his third one. But I think, think uh, he, what he was ecstatic as well. He literally just kicked the ball as far as he could into the air. <laughs> um, I think, in a weird way, I know Sean McVay is a perfectionist, but and I know they were leading um, with thirty seconds to go in the game. But I don't think Sean, v- Sean McVay will come out of this too disheartened um, I think the Rams played well me and Kai both had the Rams uh, to beat the Bills in, in the picks uh, this week uh, I, I was all in in the Rams this week I, as much as the Bills have been doing well but Josh Allen's just proved that he could potentially be piecing together another M- a, a MVP calibre season um, I think this one was all Josh Allen that's what I've got written down is, is Josh Allen MVP yeah uh, yep. if, he um, keep, if he keeps up this form I think he's got to be a total as someone who has a, an interest in Devin Singletary, because I thought he was going to be great coming into the league, and he did okay uh, once he eventually got the job in Buffalo. Um, uh, when he did get halfway through the year, and then they drafted Zach Moss, I was very worried for Singletary because Zach Moss was going to take most of the touch, uh, the 
the goal line work. Obviously, Zach Moss wasn't playing this game, and I feel Singletree did not bad in that backfield um, by himself. I don't think he's probably done enough to keep it to himself. I think Zach Moss is certainly going to come back yeah. in there. Uh, but certainly, um, I think with, with with Allen's rushing ability, you've always got a sneaky uh, play with a, a, a Bills running back because they're maybe not expecting, especially on the goal line, for that Bills running back to be doing anything because Allen's so good with his yeah. legs. I mean, you I saw, that the, saw that at the weekend, probably one of the best opportunities they had to, to put Singletary in and, and get him over the goal like Josh Allen just took himself. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Josh Allen gets the credit that he deserves for being a, a Russian quarterback. I think his numbers are fantastic as a Russian quarterback. Um, I think if the Bills had a more um, in-the-pocket thrower that wasn't as good with the legs, I think Devin Singletary's usage would be up a lot more. But it's the same as you've seen with the, the Patriots, that Cam Newton is probably the best goal line, uh, goal line Russian uh, quarterback of all time. So he's going to be taking a lot of um, touchdowns away from the likes of Singletary and Moss. Uh, with uh, Josh Allen and the same with Cam Newton and the Patriots. So um, I think, yeah, Josh Allen is going to have a, a very good season, judging by the, the first three weeks of the season. Yep. M- moving on to the Rams side of the ball, uh, I feel Woods and Cup, two of them are just going to be good all season because if, Gof- if Goff's going to throw the ball, he's basically going to throw it to the two of them um, if he doesn't throw it to Higby. Um, but on the ground, I found quite, quite interesting that you had uh, Henderson over 100 yards rushing and... I have a question for the two of you. If you think it's going to be the same once Cam Akers is back, because obviously he was missing this week. Um, I, I mean, I, I think it. I think he'll still have a very large role to play. I think he's proved it um, when everyone else has been out. Um, you obviously had Brown in the picture as well, but he seems to have dropped down the pecking order now that uh, Henderson's kind of shown what he's worth. Um, I think Cam Akers will come in and, and take quite a bit of that off him. Um, I think from from what, what we've heard, uh, Cam Akers is going to be the guy there. Uh, but no, I, I think there's still there's still definitely positives to to Daryl Henderson. I, I definitely think he'll still be um, a big part of that offense. Will he be as fantasy relevant? I'm not too sure. Um, you might find he, he, his points start to drop off a wee bit, but certainly of interest. Yeah, the the one cool thing I find about the Rams is that they've um they've went into settings, league settings, and turned off cap space. Um, they're literally just paying <laughs> absolutely everyone and anyone at the moment. I don't know how they're affording it. Uh, I think Cooper Cup, Robert Woods just got an extension. Like I don't know how they're paying these players so much, but uh, Jalen Ramsey as well got a massive deal uh, in the off season. So I think these players are are motivated to to prove their worth. Um, I don't think, as I said, this is a, a as heavy a loss to take um, as you would think. And I, I think the Rams are definitely going to bounce back. I really like the look of them this season. Yep, can't disagree with that. I do think the Rams are good. I think, to be honest, that whole NFC West, I think they could all finish yeah, above, above a 500 record, to be honest. Um, I don't have anything else to talk about in that game. Do you? No, not really a lot to say. I think uh, as much as it was the, the game of the week, I think it was all very... Very obvious what the big... Very expected. Big, yeah. Two very good teams who will both probably have a very good run. I'm imagining both of now. those are both of those are playoff teams. Y- you would, yeah, you you would like so. to think so. So our, our next game, talking about leads that get thrown away. Um, <laughs> Here we Chicago go. Chicago at Atlanta. 30 uh, points to 26. Chicago managed to win that game. And here is the stat, which I'm sure you all already know, but I'll tell you anyway. Atlanta is the only team in NFL history 
to lose back-to-back games while leading by 15-plus points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, on top of that, (laughs) no team has blown multiple 15-point fourth-quarter leads in a single season. Like, nobody. And they have actually done it in back-to-back weeks. I don't know why Dan Quinn has started the season as head coach at the Falcons. That was one of the biggest surprises to me in the offseason. I thought they would have got rid of him. I just feel... I mean, at the start of last season, I was all in on Matt Ryan. I'm a big fan of Matt Ryan. Julio Jones, uh, Calvin Ridley is obviously going to become a a huge player for them. I just, I worry that they are wasting the final years of Julio Jones and Matt Ryan's time in Atlanta um, to win a Super Bowl as long as Dan Quinn's in charge. The thing is, it's nothing to do with their offense. They've scored 90 points and they're all in three. 90 points, they're all in three. It's ridiculous. The, the, I mean, like you've mentioned, they they have one of the the most promising offensive weapons this season. And Calvin Ridley looks like he could be very very good. Um, I know he's only he only had five receptions at the weekend, but um, they were for a hundred and ten yards. Um, so he seems to be getting quite uh, quite a few deep deep balls. Well, talking about deep balls for Ridley, okay, Ridley with five hundred and fifty air yards on his targets, okay has got more air yards than the whole of the New York Jets, the whole of the <laughs> LA Rams, and the whole of the New Orleans Saints. He's got more well, air yards, just him, than those three teams. Not combined, just in total for those for those yeah. three teams, which yeah. I find is uh, unbelievable. Again, as like, as much as there's no getting away from it that the Falcons threw away this game, like the Bears, D, I thought were fantastic. The Falcons only converted four of 13 third-down attempts, which is massive. Um... Again, as much as I'm a Packers fan and I, I dislike the Chicago Bears, couldn't be happier for Nick Foles. Um, he looks like he's going to be the starter for the Bears. Um, yeah. the new era in Chicago could be 0-3 at the moment. Um, I mean, they came fourth quarter comebacks against the Lions and the Falcons. And then when they played the Giants in week two, uh, Daniel Jones failed to find the end zone in the last game, uh, play the game. So they could be 0-3, but they're not. They're 3-0. No. And I really think that Nick Foles is, uh, is going to do a really good job for them. I was hoping that he was going to do well at the Jags. Um, and I'm glad that he's he's found a new home in Chicago. So Just we, not as good as the Packers, hopefully. Do we do we think Trubisky's done? I think so. I I, I believe that they didn't pick up his his uh, extra year contract on his rookie. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. So I I think that that says it all when a team says when you've got you pick a first round pick and you're not going to extend him past a rookie contract. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Does he end up becoming a player like Josh Rosen, who just was a first round pick and doesn't end up doing anything so um, yeah but again couldn't be happier for Nick Foles ever since that that Super Bowl winning uh, run I think he's he's captured everybody's imaginations in uh, American football no matter what team you support so um, let's just hope that the Packers still finish first in the division I mean when Nick Foles came in there were were 26 10 down going into the the fourth quarter like you say and he's, he's managed to throw three touchdowns in the in the fourth quarter, get his yeah. team over the line. I think, I think um I think you're worried if you're if you're Trubisky there. Yeah. And the the usage that he had and the connection with Alan Robinson and uh, Miller as yeah. well. Um I think they'll be more than happy that Nick Foles is their, their quarterback for next week. I think it's also been confirmed by uh, Matt Nagy that yeah. Foles is the quarterback. And he also said that not not just for this week it's it's uh for the foreseeable future Nick Foles will be the starting quarterback. But is this a case of Full starts the first half. Trubisky comes in and plays more snaps in the in the second half. I don't think so, but you you never know. My last question about this game is: How are the Bears three and zero? 
it's I, a weird I, one. I, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, yeah. That, like, like, I mean, the, the only thing stopping them being top of that division is the fact that the Packers are also 3-0. The fantastic um, Green Bay Packers. The, the, the Packers. The fantastic Green Bay Packers. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's a weird one. As we said, the Bears are 3-0, could be 0-3. Vikings are on three, could be three, you know, like it's a, I've, I've always said, and I'm not just saying this as a Packers fan, I, I think that the NFC North is one of the, the best divisions, not including the Detroit Lions. I think there's always three teams that could reach the playoffs every year. Um, it's maybe not looking like that for the Vikings this year, but um, it'll be interesting to see both teams going forward if, if the Vikings can pick up wins or if the, the Bears' luck runs out pretty soon. Side note. I took Vikings to win that division at the start of the year. Well, you've lost a lot of money. So so (laughs) we'll just move on from that very quickly. (laughs) Definitely. We'll move on to the next game then, which was Carolina at the the Chargers. Um, Carolina won 21-16. And my first note here is, uh, is Mike Davis the new Christian McCaffrey? (laughs) He seems to have taken on that role. In, in my opinion, Aaron Jones is the new Christian McCaffrey. But um, no, I think Mike Davis had a good game. Um, in terms of standing players for those elite elite running backs, uh, with Tony Pollard and things like that, I think he's done very well. I was surprised in week two when, when CMC went out um, how many receptions Davis has had because I've not heard much about him. But he looks like a good player to, to play while CMC is injured. Um, once McCaffrey's back um, off IR, I still think you'll see quite a lot of Mike Davis. And in, in this game, Mike Davis had 13 rushing attempts for 46 yards and he had eight catches for 45 yards and a touchdown. He's, he, he, seem, he seems pretty pretty versatile. It looks like um managed to, to use him, obviously. See, I'm not, uh, I'm not too in sure. In situations, but he's, 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 not a, he's not a very agile guy, is no, he? He's, well, he's see, quite a big... When he was at Seattle... Behind Carson, I wasn't hugely impressed with him. Then he went to Chicago, and somehow David Montgomery managed to do him out of a job. And if David Montgomery's doing you out of a job, you can't be that great. And now he's come here, and but he's mad. Is it the system? Maybe is it just that Teddy Bridgewater's just wanting to dump everything off to the, the running back because he's used to doing it with McCaffrey? Yeah, I think Bridgewater's not a, a deep ball thrower. Um, yeah. Which will well in saying that, I mean Robbie Anderson's had some some big games uh, to start the season for the Panthers, but. I think we all knew that at the start of the season, Bridgewater was going to uh, play those little passes to tight ends and running backs, especially with McCaffrey and Davis is just going to be the, the, the new person that he's going to do that to while, while McCaffrey's out. I've got down here that the Panthers are one and two, but personally, I think they're a better team than that record. I think I think they could push for one of those uh, playoff, playoff places, spot. to be honest. I think we're unlucky against the, the Buccaneers, um, but in saying that, that was when McCaffrey was playing, and we all know that, that Davis is a better running back than CMC. So, yes. um... unfortunately, my offer in the fantasy to the Christian McCaffrey owner was not accepted when I tried to palm off David Johnson and try and get McCaffrey uh, <laughs> claiming that a couple of weeks worth of injury would uh, compensate the value, which appeared to I'm not. I'm not surprised at that in the slightest. No. Um, moving on to the Chargers, I've just written down Eckler's back. Everyone was worried that, oh, maybe Eckler's not going to be that pass-catching back, but he had 11 catches this week. Yeah, he, he, was, only, yeah. he was only too shy of, of uh, Keenan Allen. Which is ridiculous. Catches, which is crazy, considering Keenan Allen is, is an elite receiver and very much um, their first-choice receiver there. But he, he didn't go very far on the ground. You know, 
12 attempts for 60 yards. It's not bad return with a touchdown, but it looks like, um, like you say, as a pass catcher running back, he seems to have taken that role. Well, Herbert had 49 pass attempts in this game, and he targeted Keenan Allen 19 times. I know. That's two it's two just... two fifths of your targets are at the one play. Like surely at one point the defense must go. Wait a minute, he's just trying to pass it to him all the time. <laughs> I think the the I I have Austin Eckler in another league that I play in, and my that's uh, a one flex league because uh, we play with a kicker. And I was you don't like kickers in the PHF, unsure no. on whether to <laughs> play Austin Eckler or Keenan Allen in my flex. And I mean, I think they both roughly had around about the same points, but I went with Eckler because. I just think he, again, one of the best pass-catching <laughs> running backs in the league. And I don't think there's anything to worry about for, for Austin Eckler owners in fantasy. I think he's he's going to continue to have strong showings. One more question. Does Tyrod Taylor get back in when he is recovered from his punctured lung that the medical <laughs> professional gave him? I think he'll be too busy in court suing the doctors. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I, I don't think so. Do you think this is I don't think any, anyone would have expected to see Justin Herbert this early in the season. Um, obviously it came under slightly bizarre circumstances, um, what you say, but uh, I think he's he's kind of shown that he, he can. He's not. He's not. Obviously, it's, it's his second game in the NFL. Um, off the back of the weekend, there's still obviously a long, long way to come. But um, with forty nine. Uh, passing attempts I, I don't think he's short of confidence no certainly not I mean when I mean, his first game was against the Kansas City Chiefs and he'd had such <laughs> and a he good took them to overtime yeah, yeah. That, that's it's... another team that I think that the, their records um, could look a lot better judging on some of these games have been some of these games have been very tight to start the season but I mean the Chargers go on the road to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then the New Orleans Saints if they lose those games back to back and Justin Herbert doesn't play well do they bring in Tyrod Taylor for the Jets and then the Dolphins and then the Jacksonville Jaguars or do they stick with Herbert and hope for a, a good showing? So that remains to be seen. But I wouldn't be surprised if they brought Tyrod Taylor back. I still think Justin Herbert has a lot to learn. But um, I don't know if you've watched Hard Knocks. Just Justin Herbert just seems like a very likeable guy. Um, I know Kai so agrees with that. So, um, nothing phases him. Yeah, and as Kai said, he's, he's not short in confidence at all at the moment. So I'd like to see them stick with Justin Herbert for the future. Just looking at those fixtures that you're talking about, I think a lot of Chargers fans were hoping that Taylor would still be playing just now through those fixtures, and then you give Herbert the games against those easier teams yeah, later on. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that was it. what a lot of Charger fans were thinking. Because um, if Herbert comes out with the confidence that he did in his debut against the Chiefs, against those three teams that we just mentioned, um, yeah, that they, they could have won those three games, and Herbert could have looked like the saviour for them. Yep. Anything else to add in that game, or are we happy to move on? I mean, I, like obviously, just the the quick mention of uh, Joshua Kelly, who after week two looked like he could be, um, not not fantasy relevant, um, but he, he looks like he's a very suitable backup to to Austin Eckler. Uh, it looked like they were going to use him as a kind of one-two punch, like they did with Gordon. Yeah, it 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 kind of tailed off a wee bit this yeah. week, um, but yeah, it it still looks as if he could be good. It looks as if he could be a very good option for them. Uh, when Eckler's obviously the focus they, they bring Kelly in and he can do a bit of work as well yeah definitely moving on to our next game um, it's unfortunately another one of those uh, New York teams the Jets away to the Colts um, Colts won 36-7 the Colts starters I've got down here they came out of the game after three quarters and they put in their backups uh, uh, are, are the Jets tanking for Trevor? 
Yeah, I have one note, and it just says the less said about Jets, the better. Like, I think that they'll be picking up Trevor Lawrence um, in the draft. I really do. I think they're going to have the worst record in the league. But that that's that's not a shot at Sam Darnold. I think Darnold is a very good quarterback. I just think he's in the wrong system. Um, Adam Gase is the problem. Yeah, that's that was. I've got it in block capitals. Adam Gase out. I think him and Dan Quinn of the Falcons. They're two. The two managers that are probably head coaches that are probably on the hot seat at the moment. Um, there was apparently there was a the Jets fans organised um, something to get to get Adam Gase out. Um, a protest. Sorry, I'm trying to think of the word there. Uh, they were trying to organise a protest to get Adam Gase out when he's only played, managed three games for the Jets. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm all out on the Jets this season. I think they've got the number one pick. How how much of a bounty do you think they'll be able to pick up if they get Trevor? This is hypothetical. How how much do you think another team would pay for Sam Darnold? They wouldn't keep both of them, obviously. So how how much no, do they I, I think, trade for? I think Sam Darnold's at least worth. A second round pick minimum. I mean, you could even go as far to say, depending on how many other pieces go each way, you it could be worth a first round pick. Because he was drafted a, number two overall. Yeah, he's a phenomenal quarterback. There's, there's, no, it's, Sorry, I don't three, think, three not two. I think he gets used as a scapegoat. I know he threw two pick sixes. One of them was on the first drive of the game, but um, I do think he is a a very good quarterback. And put him in another team again, as we said with Joe Burrow, put him in the Indianapolis Colts, and I think he's, he's a good. He, yep. Yeah, so. Um, I, I don't think it's as much on Sam Donald as it is against the rest of the Jets and the, the hierarchy there. I think uh, you, you saw Sam Donald's quality. I mean, obviously, the Jets only scored one touchdown. He did do a hell of a lot for most of the game. But the touchdown he scored, yeah, he managed to engineer it ridiculously oh, well. Oh, it was unbelievable. Um, <laughs> that's the kind of thing, like, that kind of play from Sam Donald, if Deshaun Watson did it, he would be... You wouldn't be surprised. It's the kind of thing he would do week in, week out. So but there's definitely quality there. But like like Mikey said a couple of times, I think uh, I think there's other problems there with the Jets rather than putting yeah. the focus Talking on. Talking about him. other problems with the Jets, I have this note down here. I have three words. <laughs> Frank Gore why? <laughs> it doesn't age. Like, like why? And, and to be fair, you could put in Kalen Balage. Why? I think um I think Frank Gore is waiting until his son reaches the NFL before he retires. Yeah. I think he's trying to do a LeBron James and uh, Bronny James Jr. kind of thing, um, waiting for their son to join the league and try and play a season together and then and then retire like that. But um, one final note I've got here is I genuinely think the Colts' offense probably could have sat out this week and their their D would have handled the game perfectly. As like that the, was as the Colts' defense owner, I would agree with you. <laughs> Aye. Yeah, I think, they um, were fantastic. Yeah, very good. Um, I have one, good. a little game to play because this game was fairly boring, so I have a little game to play with you. I found out okay. uh, that obviously uh, uh, Rivers passed 60,000 passing yards mm-hmm. in this game and he also threw his 400th touchdown. There are five quarterbacks who have thrown more touchdowns than Philip Rivers. Do you know who they are? Uh, Drew Brees. Yep, he's thrown 552. He's number one at the moment. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's 539. He's at number three. Tom Brady. Yep, he's number two, 547. Now, this is a team game, so Kai can chip in. I mean, uh, uh, no, no, Mikey, feel free. Uh, <laughs> Have I got one more quarterback? Uh, one see if you two, can get them all. There's two more. There are five people that have thrown more than Philip Rivers. I'll give you a clue. None of them are still playing. Yeah, uh, I was going to say Dan Marino. Correct, 420. 
am more. I missing out the fifth person or the fourth person? I'm missing out the fourth person. The fourth person's got 508 passing touchdowns. I kind of want to say Eli Manning, but I'm not going to. No. I'm not going to. Uh... <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I may not. Um... Mikey. Nah, I'm out. Mikey, you're a Packers fan. Oh, is it Aaron Rodgers? No, no, he's not starting. <laughs> Brett Favre. Brett, Brett Favre, Favre. yes. <laughs> wow, I was thinking of anyone but the Packers. Aye, yeah, 508 passing touchdowns he's got. So, I imagine go. Rivers will pass Marino, because Marino's only 20 ahead, but I don't know how long yeah. Rivers is going to play. I don't think Rivers is the sort of player that's going to be in the game as long as Brady and Breeze. No. To be honest. To be fair, I, th- I think that, that, um, that what, 30 second ten minute spell was already more exciting than that whole game was the other <laughs> yeah fair point. That, that quiz may or may not have been more exciting very true um, right so if I finish with that game I've just got here that the Colts D is underrated but I, I don't think it's underrated I just think it is rated I think it's good I think yeah I think they're a yeah. top, top five option in the league uh, yeah. going forward in fantasy and not only is their defence great but their offensive line is amazing because Rivers is hardly getting hit so I think I think they might be a wee sneaky Super Bowl contender, to be honest. Yeah, shout out to Pancakes Nelson, Quentin Nelson. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> es- especially in that division as well. Um, yeah. Obviously, the only other real contender is, is the Titans. Texans don't look as if they're going to be uh, any th- any threat to them this year. So if if they can keep people fit, and, and obviously the their D stays as um, productive as they have been, I think I think like you say, they could be a good. A good show. I'm just going to clip that that you just said that the Texans aren't any threat this season so that in like <laughs> six weeks times when they've won the next six games I can play it back and see if you still think I like that. Can, uh, <laughs> can, we, can we also mention the fact that I said I don't think. Oh no, no I'm not going to keep that bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if we're finished with that game we're going to go on to the next one. The Seahawks were at home to Dallas. Uh, Seahawks won 38-31 Um I've got here another good game. It is another good game. Yeah, I've got here that Dallas have been involved in one possession games for all three games so far, um, and they would actually be zero three if the Falcons knew how onside kicks worked. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. the 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 main thing I'm going to say, and you can take this audio clip from me as well. <laughs> I think I think the NFC runs through Seattle. I think they're going to be in the Super Bowl this year uh, from the NFC. I just think they are fantastic. Um, Brought in um, Jamal Adams as well yep. uh, from the Jets. He had to get out of there. Um, I think that the NFC yep, is going to run through Seattle, and I think Russell Wilson's going to win MVP. I really do believe that this year. Fourteen touchdowns already. Yeah, crazy. Games. crazy. It should it should be should be should be fifteen if uh, DK Metcalf didn't dilly dally. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, um, I don't. I I think that between him and between DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, they have. Two very very exciting um, wide receivers, and then it looks like Chris Carson's probably going to, um, provided he's fit, uh, yeah. do most of the work on the ground. I think they've got a good, a very very good team. For anyone that yeah. doesn't know, uh, we're talking about DK Metcalf catching a huge touchdown pass, dilly dallying towards the the end zone, and the defender coming and punching the ball out just before he crosses over that that line, yeah. and it, it we- getting out for a touchback. When you see the replay, like literally when he gets to about the eight yard line, he just slows right down and it looks like he's just kind of showboating a bit. He obviously has no idea that the, the corner's behind him. But no, I don't think he knows he's there. <laughs> I mean, this is only his second season, so at least he knows for the rest of his career that when he catches a ball, he runs hard over. and fast. Uh, exactly. So 
that takes one mistake to to learn to learn from it, and he, he's he's obviously going to learn from it. Luckily, they won the game, um, so he's not probably not going to worry about it too much. And he scored the game winning touchdown. So, um, yeah, DK Metcalf is just I just think he's an absolute monster. Him and Justin Jefferson over the last two years are the the two wide receivers I really wanted the Packers to draft, but Metcalf I think fell to the second round uh, before Seattle picked him up. Or the third so, round, potentially, yeah. So, Certainly not I mean, first, I don't think. looking like an absolute steal at the moment. Um, I, I really like I really like the whole uh, roster in Seattle. Can we quickly, uh, still talking about the Seattle offense, uh, talk about that uh, tackle by Tristan Hill and Chris Carson? Yeah, I, I think there should that's be a, at least a ban. Yeah, that's pretty nasty. Yeah, I'm the... even more um, irate about it since I have Chris Carson in fantasy. Um, yeah. And as me and Mikey discussed the other night, um, that drive, obviously the one that TK Metcalf um, eventually got the game when he touched down on, I think we both mentioned that whoever scored the touchdown there, either Carson and Metcalf could potentially obviously turn their match up. And with it being Metcalf, I think it kind of took Mikey out of sight, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I think it was a Pretty nasty challenge. I was uh, just quickly talking about the fans there. I was going to say it's fairly easy to be out of sight of Kai, but Kai beat me a couple of weeks ago, so I can't even <laughs> I, say that. I, yeah, <laughs> just just watch what you're seeing there. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, to 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 uh, talk about that tackle again, so that all three of us said it. I think definitely there's got to be some type of disciplinary action in that because yeah, the, the play the play was dead. Uh, Carson was already on the ground and he, he's just held onto the leg and almost looked like he's he's twisted it around and. Yeah, it's just this is not nice to see, especially okay. with Chris Carson, who is a very well liked running back in the NFL from even people that don't own him in fantasy. Walker describing it as like a gator roll, like an alligator would if it got one of its yep. prey. It really wasn't that's, pleasant. Yeah, that's something we don't want in the game. Um, move, moving on to the Cowboys side, um, I have again a little question for you both. See if you get the right answer. So the Cowboys are one of only two teams without a rush of greater than fifteen yards so far this season. Who is the other team who doesn't have a rush greater than fifteen yards? I just an instinct. I'm looking at the matchups for this next week to see if a team jumps out. But my first guess will be the Detroit Lions. Um, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Detroit Lions as your guess, Mikey. Right, Kai? I, I'm yeah. I'm going to go with the Jets. And Kai wins this round. The it's Jets the, have nobody. The Cowboys and the ball. Jets are the only teams without a rush of greater than fifteen yards. Yeah, if Moore ran any more than ten yards, I think he would collapse. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, I've just got here rushing struggles for the Cowboys, but Dak threw fifty-seven times for four hundred and seventy-two yeah. yards. Imagine throwing for nearly five hundred yards and still not winning the game. Yeah, I think. <laughs> but again, I, I don't think the the Cowboys will be too displeased uh, with that one. I think they've got. I mean, I can't remember the name of the the wide receiver who went off this week for them, but. If you don't, if you take him out of the roster, and you've you've still got Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, um, good tight ends, obviously Zeke and Dak. I don't think they're going to have any problems on offense. I think they're going to be in a lot of uh, shootouts this season. Yep, it was a uh, Wilson. Was the yeah. name of the wide receiver? Yeah, that's the one. Uh, I was trying to look for his first name. Guess to have two touchdowns. No, exactly. Especially with the rest of those receiving options there. But uh, but I definitely, as I was saying. They're all been one possession games for Dallas, so they could very easily be three and zero, and they've had tough matchups. Uh, but they could also be zero and three. So, but I suppose one and two, uh, they can't be too disheartened, um, seeing as the rest of that division's a bit of a uh, mess. C- Cedric is his first name. Cedric, Cedric is that, right, okay. 
happen. I wouldn't, don't think I'd put a Cedric on him. Never mind. If we're happy to have finished talking about that game, I don't think there's much else to talk about. It was a really good game, a really fun game. But yeah, I, um, uh, yeah, I say in, in terms. Of, I, th- I think it went the way went the way we all kind of expected yeah, it to. I, I, I think. I've, as like Mikey like said, I agree with Mikey. I think Seahawks, Seahawks look good. Yeah, totally agree with you. Uh, the next game uh, is it the Bucks at Denver. Uh, the Bucks won twenty points to ten. Uh, and I've just started this off with Denver struggling without Drew Locke, Cortland Sutton, maybe even count Philip Lindsay in there as well as a change of pace back. Like they seem to be struggling. Yeah, I think I'd, I've obviously noted down Philip Lindsay here as as um, as one of their big misses. I think obviously having Melvin Gordon's nice, but he's not um, he's not really living up to to what was probably expected of him. I, th- I think you can probably put some money on Philip Lindsay coming back in and, and taking quite a lot of the, the snaps on the ground. Um, I think they've missed them. To be honest, I was surprised when Gordon went to Denver in the first place. I didn't think that was somewhere yeah, they it, it never wanted. it never made a lot of sense. I know he was potentially trying to get himself out of the, out of the limelight of Austin Eckler, uh, but... I, I don't think it's been a very wise move. I think he's probably gone to the wrong place. I just I just thought that Denver were fairly... I know Royce Freeman struggled a bit, but the kind of one-two punch of the wee Lindsay elusive getting by everyone and then Royce Freeman just running into folk, I thought was yeah. good. And I, I feel as if Gordon's kind of trying to... I think he's there really to replace Freeman because Freeman hadn't played much the first uh, the, to begin with. But he's he's not the kind of person... He's, he's also trying to be elusive as well, so it seems like him and Philip, uh, Philip Lindsay are kind of doing the same job. It's 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 weird anyway, and certainly I think they're missing Lindsay and definitely uh, the number one receiver. Sutton missing's a, a a problem for them, and obviously with Lockby yeah. down, they moved on to QB number three with uh, Rippin there as well. So. Yeah, I think the Broncos were always going to lose this game. There was just far too many injuries against a uh, above average. Just probably is, is the ceiling I would say right now for the Bucks, but uh, plenty plenty of room for improvement for them. But yeah, that. Through the amount of injuries that the Broncos just always looked like they were they were going to lose this game. Yeah, and uh, and as Kai was saying earlier, talking about the Jets, um, looking into Thursday night when you've got the Jets and the Broncos playing against each other this coming week, it's probably another one of those games that you're like, does that really have to be on the telly by itself? Yeah, for our predictions, I think I'm just going to flip a coin for that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's I, th- I think it's it's a lot to ask of, like you say, with Courtney Sutton being out. Uh, I think it's a lot to ask of of Jerry Judy to come in and and kind of take the the load uh, from wide receiver. Um, I'm not saying he's not capable of it, but I think so early on with, especially with a second and third choice quarterback, he's probably not used to working under them. Yeah, so definitely. That's what you I've got down quite... here. I've got down here, Kai, that the Bucks defense is actually quite good. I know maybe a lot of people weren't rating it to begin with, but I think... no. I I I said that last week as well. Um, I think I think they're probably a lot better than than people have probably expected them to be. Yeah, I think they had one of the best run D's last season, didn't they? The, yeah, the Bucks. So. Um, Shaquille Barrett, uh, I believe. But I I think we'll see a lot of uninspiring wins from the Bucks this season. Like as as great as Brady is, he's he's not going to light up games anymore. He's just a very consistently good quarterback to have. Um, it's not a bad thing to have uninspiring wins, but you know, I, I think they'll have a winning record in the season. I think they'll make the playoffs. Remains to be seen. But, um, yeah, I thought this week was more about the, the Broncos uh, just being so 
damaged by injuries than than it was the Bucks looking good. Here's here's my hot take that you can I'll clip out and put at the end of the season. I think the Bucks win this division. Yeah, okay. Well, at least we've got a few clips yep, for the in clip. the first podcast. I think the Bucks yeah. will win <laughs> this division. I mean, I would clip that, but I think I think you could very well be right to be fair. Personally, I think so. I think I think Tampa Bay are looking good with Brady. I think he's a solid game game manager. That's exactly what he's there to do. Gronk yeah. was catching balls again after the first couple of weeks. Yeah. He hadn't been doing anything or trying to. Yeah. Well, yeah. Obviously, um, obviously, Bruce Arians has, has said that he's expecting Gronk to be a, a blocking tight end, um, which I'm pretty sure Gronk isn't too happy about. No, I don't think he was very happy about that. I can't, I can't imagine Brady would be too happy with that either, with considering they have such a good relationship. Exactly. Uh, it's not like he's short of people to throw the ball to. No, and talking about one of those people who can throw the ball to, I've got down here again, especially talking about fantasy here, Mike Evans had the most disappointing two-touchdown day ever. With two <laughs> yeah. receptions, two yards, two touchdowns. That's about the worst you can be with two touchdown scores. Yeah. Anything else there's much more to be said. No, no. it wasn't, wasn't the most inspiring game. No, I agree. Moving on to one which was perhaps a bit of a shock. The Detroit Lions travelling to the Arizona Cardinals and uh, Matt Prater field goal uh, to win 26-23 for Detroit Lions. I've got here a much-needed win for the Lions. Um, and it was really a bad day for for Kyler Murray with three three picks in that game. Uh, I personally really enjoyed watching this game on Red Zone um, at the weekend because... In my fantasy team, I've got Kyler Murray and Kenyon Drake, but then also I had Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, so someone was always going to be involved uh, when that game was on. But almost similar to what I said about um, Dwayne Haskins with Washington, I think Kyler Murray threw this game away. Um, Lions made 10 points off of Kyler Murray's turnovers this week. Um, don't think they ran the ball very well, even with, with Kyler Murray in the, in the rushing game. So... Um, credit to the Lions I think they were delighted to have Kenny Galladay back I know he didn't have a, a big game he scored one touchdown but um, just I think they'll be glad to see him back and coming out of this game unscathed Yep totally agree with you there uh, t- talking about the Lions offence I've got down here uh, DeAndre Swift see being punished for that drop catch at the end of the 100%. week 100% because uh, he, he didn't have an, an offensive uh, rushing touch there in that game was yeah. hardly on the field at all it's it's crazy that that one play can potentially change someone's career in a way. If 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 he catches that pass in week one and they go one and zero, who knows what happens week two and week three? They might give him a much higher usage than than what he's seen so far. But I feel bad for him and I hope that the Lions rally around him because he does look like a very good player. He was great in college, so um, again remains to be seen what what happens with the Andre Swift, especially when they've got quite a crowded backfield. And talking about that crowded backfield, Kai, is, uh, my next question is, is Adrian Peterson ageless? He had 20, he, 22 attempts for 75 yards. He, I think he falls into the same category as Frank Gore. Yeah. Um, Possibly a slightly higher yeah. quality player. Yeah, and I would say significantly higher quality. Especially um, at this stage. At this stage, I think he's he's a far better option than Frank Gore, obviously, to have. If you, if you compare the two and, and their backfields and stuff, I think... As you've seen, I think the Lions will probably be happier with having a an ageless yeah. Adrian Peterson than a Frank Gore. But I think I think he's definitely a, a very very good option to have, a very good yeah. guy to have in your team. I know Adrian Peterson is a MVP winner, probably like a first ballot Hall of Famer. But 
yeah, it's just kind of one of those what ifs if he what if he didn't tear his ACL and things like that. I know he came back and had a phenomenal season after the ACL tear, but I honestly think it would be the question if that he was had less injuries, it would be he's the best running back of all time. Who's next? Yeah. I genuinely think that would have been the discussion. But um, I'm glad that he managed to find his way onto a team where he's going to get a lot of carries because um, I still think he's a very valuable player to NFL teams, maybe not so much in fantasy. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's a sort of one because he doesn't really do much in the catch and the, the catching uh, side of the, of the game. Uh, not really hugely relevant, uh, especially for us in the PPR league where our league is. It's, it, seems, uh, it seems slightly ironic that as much as um, the Lions are punishing DeAndre Swift for not catching the ball, the only offensive snap he got, well, the only successful offensive snap he got was a 20-yard reception. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> um, my last point for this game, really, because I, I, I say Arizona, personally, I thought they were going to win this game, but they, they obviously didn't. Uh, but Hopkins, 10 catches. I'm assuming everyone thinks that Arizona won that trade when they traded away Johnson and brought in Hopkins. 1,000%. Yeah. No doubt about it. I think the, the one thing that... Um, what I researched when I was looking at doing drafts this season was um, obviously because of, of COVID and the, the lack of preseason games in training camps is draft players who have strong relationships with their quarterbacks already. So for I had example, the same Leo idea. Jones, Devontae Adams, because they, they've played with Adam Rogers and, and Matt Ryan. I was worried about Hopkins because I wasn't sure how good the connection was going to be between him and Kyle Murray, but yeah, seamless, seamless um, transition into the Cardinals offense. Yep, and really... The Houston Texans are looking for a number one receiver. And they traded one away. <laughs> to be honest, when yeah. you look at the way they play, yeah. they look like a team that just needs a big number one receiver and they had it and chucked it away. And enter Antonio Brown. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe what in eight weeks' yeah. time when he sells his suspension. See if he if he if he does. But certainly uh, uh I imagine uh, Arizona will be looking to to bounce back in their in their next game when they're uh, away to the, the Panthers. It's the sort of game I imagine they'll be thinking that they, they want to win. But we'll talk about that in just a moment and we're looking forward. Um, game 15 of 16 this weekend was Sunday Night Football. And if I'd properly sorted my thing, I could play the Sunday Night Football theme tune, which I think for future <laughs> weeks I might record that and pop it on here. Um, but uh, that was the Green Bay Packers travelling to New Orleans. And a 37-30 win for the fantastic Green Bay Packers, I'm sure, like he's just as happy as myself with that with <laughs> that result. Um, yeah, I think um, the 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 Packers look very. I mean, the two of you will take this really well. The Packers look very good this season. Um, Aaron Rodgers looks as if he could be playing at the the top of his game. I've got that Rodgers um, back to his best question mark. Yeah, it, it, look, it looks like he's back to to the Aaron Rodgers that you two probably know and love. Um, I was saying the coaching staff looks like. Uh, they're letting him do what he wants again. Whereas yeah. previous seasons they were trying to get the book to run, but he seems to be being allowed to pass I think the ball. Um, last season, Mikey liked to call him the grumpiest quarterback in the league because he never looked like he was happy, regardless. Um, even if he were winning, <coughs> he didn't look happy. Um, but yeah. I, w- I would, I would probably say one of the one of the biggest things to note um, from this game, or me personally, that I've noted down is without um, without Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard has more than stepped into his shoes from last week. <laughs> Again, I have exactly that written down. Lazard stepping yeah. up after Adams misses. I think everyone thought that the Packers were going to crumble this season because they went 13-3 and last season, one win off the Super Bowl again, um, got to the NFC Championship game, and usually that means a, a regression backwards. 
um, and, and B, the lack of bringing in a wide receiver two in the draft. I think a lot of people were, and then obviously the, the whole John Love situation with Aaron Rodgers, but I mean, the, it seems like last year was almost, I know we finished 13-3, and three, but last year was almost a transitional phase uh, into this new system for Aaron Rodgers and a huge fan of Matt LaFleur. Um, but yeah, Aaron, Rod- Aaron Rodgers just looking phenomenal. I think the NFL Top 100, um, there's only been two times that Aaron Rodgers hasn't made the top 10 in 2011 and 2014. And both years he went on to win MVP. So maybe it will be the same again this season. Aye, very, maybe so. T- talking about those uh, Packers uh, draft last year, they obviously drafted AJ Dillon uh, as well early on. And uh, just looking through the stats, he had zero offensive snaps this week. Yeah, he doesn't have done anything. Everyone thought it was going to be a three-headed monster with uh, Jones, uh, Williams and and Dylan, but Tyler Irvin seems to have stepped up to take on some of the snaps, which I was fairly surprised with. I don't know, Mikey, how much you actually know about Tyler Irvin, but personally, I don't know anything about him. Um, (laughs) I haven't heard anything about him. I know that we we had to use uh, three draft picks on AJ Dylan, one for him and then one for each of his legs, because they're absolutely (laughs) massive. <laughs> but, um, the, I did think one person that doesn't get the credit they deserve as well is Jamal uh, Jamal Williams. Yes, did I say that right? Yeah, you did. Sorry, yeah. um, I think he's a very good RB two behind Aaron Jones. But I think last season was just a, a small sample size of what Aaron Jones could do. Um, I think this year he's he's going to be fantastic again. Yep, I, I think so. I think I think to be honest, that whole offense is amazing. I mean, they scored over forty points. Forty points are over. First two weeks and this week they scored thirty seven. So yeah, I think... yeah. What one stat by, I've seen by, on by a long way? Sorry, by a long way they're the the, the highest scoring team in the NFL at the moment, uh, and they look every bit worth it. What one stat I've seen on a uh, Sunday night football which blew me away is that I think Peyton Manning has thrown touchdowns to over two hundred and fifty first rounders, um, or something like that. Aaron Rodgers has only ever thrown to one which is Mercedes Lewis. He's only ever thrown a touchdown to one first rounder before. So it's it's crazy to think that we just apparently don't draft wide receivers um, or even tight ends for that matter in the first round. But um, I thought the tight ends actually were really good. Robert Tonyan, uh, Mercedes Lewis, Jay Sternberger um, all stepped up in this game in the absence of Devontae Adams. And uh, I really like the look of the offense this year. Yeah, just to clarify that stat, I think it was 250 touchdowns, two first round picks. As opposed Sorry, to yeah, touchdowns. Yeah. To many, I don't think there's first? that many uh, years <laughs> in the world. <laughs> uh, one, one thing that I just thought was, was crazy from this game, just to, to go on to the Saints side, is in PPR scoring uh, in fantasy, Alvin Kamara is wide receiver four at the minute, and that doesn't even include his rushing stats. That's, I know, so it's, it's just he's, just been, he's just been used insane amounts uh, in the passing game, uh, obviously in the absence of Michael Thomas as well, and I think that that's the reason that the Saints have lost back-to-back is the fact that they are missing Michael Thomas. I know that people say that he's just a slot receiver, but you see when he's not in the team that how much they struggle. I've got that down okay. here, Kai. With no Michael Thomas, is Breeze bad without him? I know obviously Breeze managed many seasons without Thomas, but... Yeah. I mean, he this... appears to he appears to be just trying to do a straight swap, and if... Um... Michael Thomas isn't there, I'll just throw everything at Kamara as well. Um, it's quite, like you say, there's quite a significant drop off from 140 yards receiving for Kamara to Emmanuel Sanders, who had 56. Um, 
Yeah, I've got I've got noted here Kamara was the passing offense, but actually yes. Murray Murray had more rushing attempts than Kamara as well. Yeah, uh, he, had, he had double the rushing attempts. Which well, I'm a big fan of Latavius Murray. The first time I ever seen him was when him and Jared McKinnon were in the backfield in Minnesota, and uh, before Dalvin Cook got drafted, and I always liked both of them. I thought Latavius Murray was a proper um, Derek Henry style running back, and Jared McKinnon was a nice pass catcher. And I think it's it's good to see Latavius Murray compliment. Uh, Alvin Kamara and I'm happy to see Jared McKinnon uh, have a decent start to the season after a few injuries Yeah, there's a wee stat I've got here just before anyone talks uh, anything else I want to talk about uh, on Alvin Kamara's 52 yard catch and run for that touchdown in the third quarter, there were six missed tackles by Green Bay players, the six players managed to get a hand on or very close to him and Kamara managed to get out of all six of those those attempted tackles oh, wow. That was yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think in the, the there's a, a clip that I've seen a couple of times is um, I'm not entirely sure who it is, but one of the big um, offensive linemen manages to run past Kamara while he's on his run yeah. and puts in a good three or four really good blocks. Like he just stands in front of him, and uh, I think Kamara's slightly um, amazed by the pace of this big guy. I think I was as well. <laughs> <laughs> There was there was one player I'm just looking to see if I can find the name here. Um, there was a player who had two sacks, his first ever two sacks for Green Bay last night uh, on Sunday night. I thought he was fantastic, but the name just uh, escapes me at the moment. I'll find out once we move on. But I thought he had a very good game. I know everybody talks about the absence of Kenny Clark and uh, Preston and Darius Smith being two of the, the better players on D, but I thought. Um, this player whose name slipped my mind was, was fantastic it, on Sunday night. Is it potentially Kiki? I know that sounds good. No, I think it might be, um, I believe he, it is. Um, he's doing he, two yeah, sacks. He's got two sacks yeah. here according to the stats. Yeah. King, Kingsley Kiki. Yeah, thought he was uh, brilliant on Sunday night um, in the in the pass rush. Um, and I've always been a fan of uh, Jair Alexander. I thought first game against Minnesota, he was amazing. I think he was one of a select few amount of players in NFL history to have a, a, a interception, a touchdown and a safety in the same game. Um, and I think he's just waiting to have a breakout season and I really hope it, it, he starts to show that for the Packers. I totally agree. I think we've got some great players on defence, as you can imagine. Uh, if everyone listening, we quite like talking about the Packers. So sometimes can, can, we, can, we, can we stop this becoming a <laughs> yeah. Packers love it? Yeah. Tune in tomorrow for our Packers podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we, but, we moved across the Eagles within about two minutes. Aye, well, they're both <laughs> both didn't right? even get a word in edgeways. When they're, when they're winning, we can talk about them. Exactly. Maybe but, next year. Uh, <laughs> half a decade's time. But, uh, <laughs> but dev- definitely, I, li- I like a lot of the Packers' defensive pieces, but certainly... Looking at fantasy, there'd be no way that I'm touching a Green Bay defense because the Green Bay Packers are scoring so many points that I feel opposition teams are going to be scoring so many points against them as well because they're going to have to catch up. So I, 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 don't, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think yeah. we're ever going to blow anyone out. You know, I think yeah. I think it's always going to be uh, a high-scoring game for both sides. Certainly. Anything else to add in that game, or can we move on to Monday Night Football? Uh, go pack, go. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Definitely. Moving on to, to Monday night, we have what I think a lot of people will project is going to be the AFC Championship game between so. in the future, you know, with Kansas City at Baltimore. Maybe not in that order, but certainly between those two teams. Kansas City came out on top, 34 points to 20. Just a couple of notes I've got here, and I'm just going to throw it to you two. Uh, Lamar is 0-3 against Kansas City, and he's 21-1 and against the rest of the NFL. 
Uh, he only had 97 passing yards in this game, did Lamar Jackson. And Very low, I think it was. I, I would describe this as the closest blowout game I've ever watched. Like, at no point, really after the first yeah. quarter, maybe into the second quarter, at no point did I think Baltimore were going to win this game. Yeah. It, 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 never was, looked, it never looked close. It was nice to see uh, Tyreek Hill put on um, a Baltimore Ravens punt return in uniform and sprint 400 miles an hour in for a touchdown. Duvernay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. The, that was... Uh, the, it was uh, the thing, it was a weird one, I think, that the Baltimore D played very well. Uh, they, they obviously had the punt, uh, the punt return touchdown um, special teams and uh, a few turnovers as well, but I, I don't know why. I, I think all three of us said that the Ravens were going to win this one. Um, even on the panel, when you watch Monday Night Football, all the all the panel said that it was going to be a Ravens win. And, and now, I, even though I said it, I don't know why, because the Chiefs are the Super Bowl champions and I, I don't know why they were written off so much in this game. I thought they were as good as they had to be to win this game. They weren't flawless by any means. I don't think they've been anywhere near perfect this season, but I mean, 3-0 um, when you're playing scrappy against teams like the Baltimore Ravens is is all you can ask for, really. My only I think, ge- oh, sorry, sorry Adam, continue. Right, my, my only guess, just quickly, for the, the reason that people were writing off Kansas City is last week. When they yeah, that's exactly the what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, when you look at their performance against the Chargers, I don't think they, they filled many people with a lot of confidence. Um defensively they looked like they were kind of struggling to contain um Justin Herbert and what the Chargers had to offer and then offensively they looked like they were they were they were getting going but it looked as if it was kind of stop and go quite a lot. Uh, but they've definitely made up for that this week I would say. I think they they proved on both sides of the ball why why they were Super Bowl champions. Yeah, I, I very, think very much a force to be reckoned with this year again. I, I think, as uh, you said, Adam, the AFC Championship game uh, potentially going to be Ravens versus Chiefs. I think that the AFC runs through the Chiefs and the NFC runs through the Seahawks. I, I think it will be a Chiefs Seahawks Super Bowl. Um, obviously, a lot can change in the next what fifteen odd weeks, um, fourteen fifteen weeks. But um, the Ravens will bounce back. I just think when they take a short, when they take a. Uh, they go into a loss um, and they need to overturn points. Their style of play doesn't suit that because they're very run uh, run heavy. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they b- uh, bounce back from this game. Yep, totally agree. Anything else to add? Yeah, I think uh, as, much, as, as much as it was the most exciting game, or, well, touted to be, be the most exciting game of the week, I think it uh, very much became a... Yeah. a, a as, much as, I, as much as I said this about the Texans, I think Antonio Brown could potentially go to the Ravens as well. I think they need... As much as I like Marquise Brown, he's still young. He's only in his second year. Um, I think if they brought in someone like Antonio Brown, Marquise Brown can be to the Ravens what Juju was to the Steelers when AB was there. Um, I think that could be very interesting. Well, Marquise and Antonio are related, aren't they? Sorry? I'm sure, I'm, cousins? I'm sure Marquise and Antonio are related. I think they are. And I think in the off-season, AB, Marquise and Lamar were all training together and doing things together. Yeah. Anything else to add no. on to that? No. no. So that's actually looking at the time it is. It's taken us a bit longer than we'd actually projected to review uh, uh, the previous week. But first week teething problems. Exactly. Well, I mean, it just shows we've got lots to talk about. Whether any of it's any good, I don't know. But we've got lots to talk about. <laughs> so um, I'm pretty sure no, nobody's got to this point. If they're listening, they've probably switched off half. I was, half I was going to say, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm not even sure I'd listen this far, but. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, move on now, uh, certainly here, to looking forward to next week. I imagine this section is going to take a lot less time because basically I think we look at it and then we could just roughly predict what we think is going to happen, if that works for you guys. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we can, we can have a look uh, at the overall scoreboard for our predictions from the, the week before and then that finishes us off, roughly. Does that sound good? Yeah. Sounds good to me. Yeah. So I am just looking here on uh, the NFL website and the, the first game, obviously, is Thursday Night Football. And I imagine that's going to be a fairly short conversation we have here because it's... Toss uh, a coin. Yeah, exactly. Don't watch it. <laughs> I mean, I bet you it's going to be a, like a, a fifty-five, forty-eight game or something like that. It'll something. be, it'll be a great game because they're both so bad that yeah. they'll find a way to like cancel yeah. each other out. The only thing I'm going to say, keep this one short, is just it'll be interesting to see what um, Brett Ripon does uh, with that Broncos offense. Um, I don't think he's going to be under any pressure because he knows um, it's he's coming into a tough situation there. So it'll be interesting to see. I will watch the highlights, but yeah. Oh, it's it's definitely not a Thursday night game that I'll be staying up to watch. I'll put it at that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are your predictions for that game? I, I, I'm probably going to go with a Broncos win. Um, I don't think the Jets have anything about this year. As much as I said Jets are going to have the number one pick in the draft next year, I do think they win this game just because of how injured the Broncos are and it's in New York. I totally agree with you. I think the Jets will scrape a fairly... Yeah, I think it'll finish maybe 6-3 Hi. <laughs> Or maybe the, the Was it a Monday night game a few years back With Seattle that was 6-6 or something yeah. like that? It, was, it was not a, an interesting Fun game Fun to watch Yeah, But yeah I totally agree I'm going to go with the Jets for that game Quickly move over that one The next one in this list here um, I'm just going by the list on uh, Game Pass It might not be the same as the website But the next one's the Cardinals at the Panthers yeah, that's Is that next one in the list? Good. We can all go to the same list then. Uh, I'll I start... don't, but it's fine. No, no. <laughs> that's fine. I like to do things the, the backwards way, so it's all good. That's all right. Um, I'll just start here. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game. I think the Panthers against Cardinals. I think uh, Kyler also want to try and bounce back after that disappointing, um, disappointing uh, game against uh, the Lions. And I think, to be honest, the Panthers will try and kick on from their performance against the Chargers. Yeah, I think that the Cardinals will want to bounce back, but this is one of the games that I looked into that actually has um, a crowd in it, depending on what, whether it, whether it's a few thousand or whatever. But So Panthers with a bit of a crowd behind them coming off a win. I'm going to have to have a wee look into that one before I decide who wins. Yeah, my, my initial thing here is uh, I, I'm thinking the Cardinals as a bounce back and I'm worried the Panthers might be a bit too, oh, we won a game, yeah, great. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and possibly lose it there. But I think... I think uh, I'm I'm a similar position to you, uh, Mikey, that I'll be looking at that closer to the time. Uh, really, the only one we really needed for proper prediction would be the Thursday night, because obviously we are recording on the, the Thursday here to know for the game. But yeah, yeah. Well, you'll find out in the next podcast exactly what our projections were for the rest of the games <laughs> uh, when we go exactly. through the predictions at the end of the next one. Uh, do you have anything to add about that game, Kai? No, not, not really much to note. Um, I, I don't think it's a game that... Off, off the list of, of games for this week, I don't think it really jumps out as, as one to, to pay close attention to. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm much of you guys, I think, probably need to go away and have a look. I think the Cardinals will probably be too good for the Panthers. Um, I think they, they, like you say, they'll, they'll need to bounce back. They need to show that they've got a bad about them. So. Yeah. Uh, the next game here, uh, the Colts travelling to the Bears. Um, 
I think this actually might be quite a low scoring game. Uh, I think there's two fairly decent defences there and I think uh, I, I say I think it'll be fairly low scoring I'm not going to say boring but I don't think there'll be a lot of highlights from the game I'm, what's going to happen here is going to be 40-40 is probably what the score's going to be now <laughs> like that. But, uh, is that low scoring in terms no. of what the games you watch <laughs> but yeah I think it'll be a low scoring if yeah yeah I'll um, keep this short I, I think Foles Magic is going to come in Bears to get the win and go 4-0 and believe it or not I can't believe you're saying that as a Packers fan yeah. Kai? Yeah, I'm going Bears win as well. Yeah. Um, I think I'll probably go for the Colts, but we'll see what happens. I might change my mind later on. Um, Jags travelling to the Bengals. Is Minshew coming back? A... This is another game with a crowd in Cincinnati. Um, I think with a bit of a crowd. Bengals, I, I think they're just, they're knocking, they're more than knocking, they're hammering down the door for their first one. I think the, the Bengals will finally pick up here. Yeah, I think coming off last week with the, the Jags obviously losing uh, to Miami and the Bengals kind of they, they've not obviously had their first one yet but they've they've looked worthy of one through three weeks I think. Uh, like Mikey said, a bit of a crowd behind them. Joe Burrow kind of having something to kind of spur them on. Not that he needs it, but uh, I think the Bengals could, could be a good shout here. Yep, I agree with you. I think the Jags are a really bad football team uh, feel free to quit <laughs> that. Um, and I don't think there's any chance that they win this game. I think the Bengals will win it easily. I think possibly yeah. by double digits. Um, moving on to the next one, Cowboys uh, at home to the Browns. What do you think? I'm, I'm going Cowboys here. Um, I, think I, I think they're another one that's kind of been unfortunate through, through weeks one to three. Um, obviously, Getting the the turnaround one against the Falcons um, was a bit of a surprise given the position they were in, but I think um, through the other two weeks they've they've just been a bit unlucky. Um, I think they'll probably they'll probably kick on this week and, and get another one. Yeah, this this one's in Dallas, isn't it? In Dallas, yeah. Yeah, yeah again with the crowd, um, big stadium. So if they've got if everyone's working at like seven percent capacity, the Cowboys are probably going to have the most fans in the stadium. If that makes sense, so. Yeah. I think if this game was in Cleveland, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised with the Browns winning, but I think in, in Dallas, I think the, the Cowboys win this by at least two touchdowns. Um, I agree. I think the Dallas Cowboys will win this game. I think they've been really close in all their previous games, and I think they'll they'll win this game. So I think it might be fairly close, um, but I think I think the, the Cowboys will win this. I realise that the, the Game Pass has not uh, actually got the same order of games as the NFL's website so apologies for that but I was working down the wrong list but um, Detroit at home to the Saints is the next one I have here um, there's a possibility I think that Michael Thomas is back for this is that right? That's that's one of the ones that you need to if Michael Thomas plays I think the Saints win but I, I, I would not be surprised if the Lions won if, uh, if Michael Thomas is missing. Oh, I totally agree with you I think Stafford is actually a, a very solid quarterback. Um, hugely underrated. Hugely underrated, yeah. And I, th- I think with his receivers there, if he's got a fully fit team around him, I think they're actually a fairly decent side. I know that we like to write off the lines as much as we can, but I actually think they actually might be... They're probably, in my opinion, a better team than the Bears, and the Bears are 3-0, so... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know. What do you think, Kai? Yeah, um, I think it will be a good game. I think both teams have identical records through three games. Um 
like you guys have said, if if Michael Thomas is back, I think it's a massive, massive plus for the Saints um, to finally be able to to let Kamara just run with the ball and obviously still have that elite uh, receiving threat. Um, I think the Lions could potentially struggle a wee bit. Um, but again, it's a massive if. I don't think he's been 100% in, in uh, practice yet this week. So it's a very much, it may come down to a game time decision. I think if they go with him, I think it gives them the edge. Yeah, this is another one of those predictions that we'll probably we'll hear about next week when we, we actually have made it close I to mean, the time. When we come back to it. Exactly. Um, next game here we've got is the Vikings travelling to the Texans. Not so much teams. of our pre- prediction here, more how on earth are both these teams 0-3. I know, they're both, they're both definitely better than uh, the record suggests. Uh, I think the Vikings win this game by running the ball a lot. Um, and Texans, believe it or not, going 0-4. I know it's a tough I start. Agree. A tough start for the Texans, certainly. I mean, you, can, uh, you, could all, you, couldn't, you couldn't really have it much tougher uh, at the start of the season when you looked at it to have Kansas City, Baltimore, uh, Pittsburgh and then Minnesota. Therefore, tough games to play yep. for the Texans. So, to be honest, I agree with you. I think the Vikings might do this as much as it pains me. Hmm. Are you the same as okay? Yeah, I definitely going for definitely going for the Vikings, I think. Um, the Dolphins are home to the Seahawks. Is this a fair Seahawks. Next. <laughs> yep. I move on, Seahawks. Totally agree with you. I think Fitzmagic might have a uh, a lot of throws later on in that game, and yeah. I don't think all of them yeah. might go to his own team, to be honest. Um, the Bucks at home to the Chargers. You've that's one to... I'm going to need to have a, a really good think about. I think that's a very, very interesting matchup. I feel you've got to give it to Brady with his experience. I think he might be able to manage that. I think game. So, yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> took your silence as, as agreeing. Uh, the um, the the Redskins um, at home to the Ravens. No, sorry, I said Redskins. Apologise. Nope. It's the Washington Football Team. I'm getting used to Again, that still. Ravens massive bounce back from their loss. Lamar Jackson is going to come out angry and will have a monster. I think. How how many points yeah. do you think they win by? Double I'm not sure how many points, but I wouldn't be surprised if Lamar goes over a hundred rushing and a hundred passing. Yeah, I think that's fair enough yep. to say. Uh, I don't think I don't think the Washington defense will have much to. to I don't really think they'll get a look in with with uh, Lamar. No, I th- I think as Mikey says, it'll be a, an angry game from Lamar and a, and a comeback yeah. from that game. I think um, the Rams are home to the Giants. Rams all day. Yes. Do you think uh, Giants get double figures? No. <laughs> nope. No, no, to be honest. <laughs> Again. Yeah. Um, oh, here's a good one. Kansas City Jeez. at home to the New England Patriots. That is an interesting one. Um, the the Chiefs obviously showing this week against the Ravens that they are they are still the Super Bowl champions. They still have every bit of quality they had before. But the Patriots have have kind of taken me by surprise a wee bit. Um, Obviously, with some with Cam Newton under center, there was a bit of jubility about whether he would he would come in. He's obviously a totally different quarterback to, to Tom Brady, but it looks as if he's rejuvenated the offense a wee bit as well. Um, I think that's one might be a lot closer than people anticipate. Yeah, yeah I was. I th- oh, on you go, make it. 
Oh, um, I, I think Cam has the biggest chip on his shoulder of any NFL player this season. Um, I think he's got a lot to prove, but I, I didn't. I went against the Chiefs last week, and I'd be stupid to do it again. I, I do think it'll be a very close game. I actually think this will be the game of the week. Um, but yeah, I, I can't. I can't go against the Chiefs anymore. Again, Chiefs have got the crowd in the in Arrowhead, not their usual uh, noise levels, but it, it'll be a very close game. But I think. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to win. I was listening to a little bit of uh, Colin uh, Colin Cowherd on uh, FS1. I think his show's on, isn't it? And um, he was saying that the the things you need to do against the Chiefs is to keep Mahomes off the field, and when he's on the field, give him pressure in the pocket without a blitz, because against the blitz, yeah. his passing rate his passer rating is one five six. Against the blitz, like as soon as he sees the blitz, he can pass the ball fine and. They're yep. two of the things that I think the Pats will be able to do. I think they've got a, a good enough defence that they'll be able to have just four given pressure and seven set in coverage. And I think that they run the games, they, they run so much that they'll be able to keep Mahomes off the field. So I think it's going to be really close. I might have to think of this. I think this might be, I suppose you could call it an upset. I think Chiefs are seven-point favourites. Uh, but I, th- I think Pats might might sneak it. This is the sort of Wouldn't game that you'd imagine Belichick could easily win. Yeah. Um... Raiders at home to the Bills. Bills. Yeah, I think coming off last week. Yeah, Bills for me as well. I think it's actually two good quarterbacks. I think Derek Carr's an underrated quarterback, but yeah. I think I think the Bills will win this game. Uh, Sunday night, Sunday night football is uh oh sorry Kai, Forty Nine ers at yeah. home to the Eagles. Um, I think even without their returning. Uh, injuries I think they could probably only have two or three come back from injury and I think they would still probably win this quite comfortably uh, I pick. don't think I don't think the Eagles will, will put up much of a fight I, it pains me to say it Person, personally I think the 49ers could get three or four more injuries and still win yeah hmm. so I think you could be right I have a, a bit of a prediction in this one um I think Carson Wentz is going to throw two or three picks, and we'll maybe see some Jalen Hurts this uh, this week. Very possible. As an Eagles fan, I would like to see that, and I will cut that as well. And if it does happen, I'll give you the credit. I'll cut that into a wee segment, and you can go all the things <laughs> Mikey had right. Uh, It'll be a short segment. <laughs> <laughs> Monday night is the Packers at home to the Falcons. I think the Packers, uh, the Falcons, will go up thirty to nil. And the Packers will win. <laughs> 33, 33 to thirty. All, all in the last quarter. Yeah. I think what over whatever whatever the over under is in this game, bet the over. Yeah. I think this will be a high scoring shootout. Yeah. You've seen it with the Packers. Falcon eh, sorry, the Falcons are whether they're winning or losing are very pass heavy. I think it'll be a very, very good game to watch. Yeah. yeah. The Packers can't really defend, or they haven't, sorry, so far defended this that well against the pass this year. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure you two will probably reluctantly agree. Um, not that it matters, you're 3-0 and you've scored a ridiculous number of points, but um, yeah, I, th- I think it'll be like you say, Mikey, I think it'll be a bit of a shootout. Um, I think that's the way the Packers have beat teams so far this season, as they just outscore them. Yeah. As someone who's a Packers fan but also has Calvin Ridley in their fantasy team, I'm looking forward <laughs> to this game. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the last game of this weekend, which I suppose is 
probably a couple of minutes of chat on it is the Titans at home to the Steelers. So obviously the news is the game's been maybe. postponed. Uh, just now, the NFL said it could be Monday or Tuesday. CBS apparently have been told it's going to be Monday um, yeah. because of the, the four positive COVID tests for Tennessee now. Yeah, yeah. I think there was there was initially three um, players and then five backroom staff, but I think obviously since then there's been a fourth, um, yeah. like you say. Uh, the Vikings, just to clarify, didn't have any positive tests after the... Yeah, the game. It's just the Tennessee players that seem to have had it. Yeah, this is a a very hard one to call, just with everything being so up in the air and moving it a day. Titans are meant to have a crowd in the stadium, but is that going to go ahead now? Like because of all this. So again, I'm going to have to decide probably ten minutes before kickoff. From what I've heard as well, the Titans aren't practicing. Yeah, yeah they've not been allowed to yet. The Vikings. Have, I think the Vikings are allowed back in their their training facility from tomorrow. So, uh, but the Titans, it could be down to Saturday before they're allowed back in. So. so at the moment, personally, I think I probably fancy the Steelers just because of that preparation, yeah. but we'll see what happens. Yeah. There. But that's all those games. Roughly what we think is going to happen with those. Um, we'll have the predictions proper and uh, you'll find out at the end of the next podcast because that's when we'll go over them. But just now at the end of this one, um, we'll have a, a two-minute warning, which I'm sure I'll create a sound drop for eventually, Mikey, because you had a very good idea to have a, a two-minute warning <laughs> on our podcast. I'll have some whistle happen. And then after that two-minute warning, we talk about our, our picks. So if we just imagine I've blown a whistle, and then we can talk about our predictions from the last week to finish off this podcast and see how, some, how accurate we are. tells me this is going to go longer than two minutes. Uh, well, the two-minute warning is never two talk. minutes, is it? We've got, we've got timeouts. We'll all take some time. Exactly. Um, say, the two-minute warning normally takes about a quarter an hour when you're watching a game, so... So obviously we've started this going into week three, but um, myself and Kai both had nine out of 16 games correctly predicted. Adam with seven. Um, We've obviously spoke off camera and said that if it ever comes to a tie, we're going to obviously pick a tiebreaker player of the week. Um, I think we're just going to chalk this one up to a draw uh, for last week, but obviously now we're all going to pick our tiebreaker player of the weeks um, for the upcoming weeks, just in case we get to a tie again. Yep. So are we disclosing our player of the week. Well, I will be. I will say mine with confidence. Yes. Okay. We've all agreed as well uh, that they can't be in the top ten of their position rankings as well. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Yep. So I'm going to go with the number eighteen ranked wide receiver, Cooper Cup against the New York Giants. That's a shout. Yeah, I I had a few other ones. Um, mainly before we decided on that, I had Russ against Miami and Aaron Jones against Atlanta <laughs> but they're, they're in the top 10 I think they're actually in the top 2 of their positions so um, yeah Cooper Cup um, ranked number 18 against the rubbish New York Giants Interesting Kai I'll let you have yours I um, I have a number down here number um, I've not ranked them as to what one I win as my first pick so I'm just going to do this randomly um, I think with the, the news that Fournette is potentially out for the Bucks, I'm taking Ronald Jones. He was one of the ones on my list. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think he's he's not really had a, a great shout through three weeks. Um, obviously, with the introduction of Fournette, so I think if he's given the backfield almost himself, um, I think he could potentially find himself with a decent score. Yeah, he was one of my, my options. Um but the pick I'm going to go for, which I'm glad no one picked, because my first pick here was uh, was Tyler Boyd. He's also on my list. The Bengals. I think he's currently ranked 13th overall in the position yeah. of wide receiver. 
and we say the Bengals are going to the Jags and I, to be honest, uh, think they're going to let Joe Burrow just have some fun and throw that ball a lot. Even though they're going to be ahead, I think they're going to let them practice, basically. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, and they're going to throw that, that ball a lot. And I think Tyler Boyd will probably get a couple of touchdowns. That's my prediction. I hope so, because he's in my fantasy team. <laughs> also su- surprised that nobody went for uh, Devontae Adams because he's number 16 ranked wide receiver. And I think that'll be the last time he's not in the top 10. But yeah, That's very true. I'm, I'm still worried about whether he's actually going to play, though. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I, I've got Alan Lazard on my list with a question mark and in brackets, Devontae Adams. Um, if, the, if Devontae Adams isn't involved, I think you probably see Alan Lazard take a big role again. Right, yeah. so they're all set in stone. Right, brilliant. So, at the moment, um, the, the predictions for those games uh, last week, um, we say Kai and Mikey and the year-to-date ranking uh, rankings are now nine correct predictions. I'm on seven. And uh, fingers crossed I'll be able to overtake you after this week. <laughs> we'll note them down somewhere and we'll talk about them uh, later on uh, in the next podcast. Um, so far, we've talked for quite a long time. I don't think we were going to be able to. Than we exactly, I, think. I don't think we we're going to be able to talk for this long, but I've been fairly impressed. Not too much of it was drivel either. So, yeah, it's yeah. positive. It's good. If there's anything else any of you want to say, feel free. But otherwise, I think we could just about finish up before we we do anything. Uh, for anything else? Go um, pack, go. Go pack, go. Yeah, indeed. I'm, I'm. I'm not taking that. Um, yeah, there's not really much else to say. No. Do you want to? Be, do we want to be really bold right now and make a Super Bowl prediction? I've I've given mine. I think it'll be Chiefs Seahawks, but I don't know who's going to win it. <laughs> Adam. Uh, mm, you see, I made a prediction at the start of the season, but I I don't think it's right now. So <laughs> my, my my pick I'm going to go for is. Maybe it's maybe it's home team bias. I think the Packers. Go on, be confident. I think the <laughs> Packers for the NFC. I like that. I'm going to go left field pitch because I feel as if it's a bit boring picking the same. And I, I say I like the Colts. I think the Colts might do it. I know that Rivers hasn't been very good post season, but maybe that's because we're the Chargers. But that's good Colts team. Maybe I'll get that. I'm I'm going even more left field from the AFC. Well, actually less left field, but. <laughs> Just someone that's not the Chiefs. I think I'm going with the Bills from the AFC. I think with Josh Allen's quality, if he can continue it for the season, um, and I think they keep everyone fit, I think they're a a Titans-esque wildcard from from the AFC. And I think with the NFC, I think I've got to go with the Seahawks. as much as I'm sure you two would probably love to see the Packers there, um, I think the Seahawks will probably just have a bit too much over the course of the season. Yeah, well, um, just, and, uh, just three totally different. Three totally just different. some uh, fantasy football updates live. I've got an app that gets updates before you too, so uh, <laughs> that's, my, that's how that's how you win titles. Broncos running back Philip Lindsay has turf toe, and he's considered unlikely to play tonight against the New York Jets. There we go. Well, that aids my pick then, since I think the Jets. Yep. <laughs> yep. Hardline Sky. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's everything, then I'd like to thank you, Kai, and thank you, Mikey, for joining me for this venture into podcasting. Uh, we'll see how it does. Thank you for having us. Yeah, and I'd like to thank everyone 
maybe the one person listening at home. <laughs> I don't know how many people are listening or watching, depending where you are, because this will be going up on all the podcast platforms and I'm also going to post it up on YouTube as well. Um, so wherever you're watching or listening, thank you for listening. And uh, we hope to see you next week if we can all get together and we haven't fallen apart after our poor predictions. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank you very Pleasure much for listening. Yes, I will talk to you next week. Thank you.